Hello and welcome to the Panhandle Primate Podcast. I'm your host, Dexter Kearley. Thank you for joining me today. Um, Today's guest is Rachel Edwards. She is a returning guest. I should have probably looked up what her episode was before I started the intro, but I feel like it's a little too late now. So anyway, she her first episode is uh, back in the archives a little bit. Uh, that one is a uh, it was a lot more of an interview based. Uh, I got a lot more into like who she was, uh, what her background is, and that stuff. So. Um, if you're interested, jump back there. You can listen to that episode. It'll tell you a lot more about Rachel. This episode, we were trying, or I was trying a little bit of a different format. I brought in um, one of my buddies to co-host with me. Um, he kind of helped us look up some stuff on the computer, some pictures and some stuff that we were talking about. Uh, and I, w- I was going for a little bit more of a conversation uh, as opposed to an interview. We'll see what uh, if I achieve that. We'll see uh, if I hit hit the mark. If I didn't hit the mark, I'm sure somebody will let me know. Probably my wife. Um, anyway, so let's see here. Uh, Rachel was here to promote her, her um, new event, or not new event. I guess this is like the fourth installment, but it's called the Back Alley Galleries. This installment or this uh, uh, segment of it, What? how would you call that? The, the the theme of this show is called Metallica. So it's kind of, uh, I guess, like a little bit machine versus uh, human type thing. Is like, the are the machines taking us over? Are we taking it over? Or something like that. So uh, super interesting. Uh, she's been leaking out some of the different images that she'll be showing uh, at the show and all of them so far have looked pretty impressive so uh, i think all of them are spray paint on cardboard so it's it's going to be super cool um that's june 29th from 7 30 to 10 30 um rupert the duke is going to be dj and he's going to be spinning some tracks uh there's going to be some food um by pan handlers right babe is that what, how you say that the, yeah pan handlers cafe and then there's going to be some beer, and I can't remember. Um, Rachel said who was doing the beer, but I don't know if I wrote it down. So anyway, it'll be a great event. Where it'll be super. What? Where? Where is it going to be? Yeah. Oh, it will be at uh, First and the Taylor Overpass is where it's going to be. So downtown First and Taylor. Uh, just look for the people, and you'll find it. So, uh, also, if you want to maybe preview, perhaps, or uh, maybe you get this episode like way, um, way after the fact, and you just want to see some of Rachel's work, you can check her out on Instagram, um, or you can just go to Six Car Brewery uh, in downtown Amarillo. She has she's like this huge ass mural piece on the wall. I think it's like two stories. Um, I can't remember how many square feet. I want to say at some point in time she told me how many square feet, but it's a huge mural piece in there, and you can check it out. It's super cool, uh, super dope, and uh, that's Rachel Edwards. So follow her on Instagram. I think it's we. Can you look it up on your phone? Well, because I'm Instagram live and on my phone, I'm gonna have my wife look this up just to double check and make sure where her Instagram is. But I think it's Rachel Edwards paints. I think is what it's called. But she's gonna she's gonna find her phone. She's gonna double check that for us. 
Anywho, um, so I'm gonna. Well, while she's looking that up, I'll, I'll jump into the events. So, this uh, for the remainder of the month, uh, of course, Rachel Edwards, 29th uh, Saturday um, at uh, First and Taylor. That's gonna be a cool event that you're not gonna want to miss. Um, Critical Mass Bomb City the night before that. Um, that we're gonna, they're gonna be doing. We're gonna be doing. I'm hoping to make this one. I haven't been able to make the last couple. Um, they're gonna be doing their bike ride, their monthly bike ride from Golden Light um, at seven o'clock, and that's January 29th. Critical Mass actually just got a new website up and running. It's pretty dope. Um, you can click on there. They have gallery from pa- galleries from past events as well as. They're um, they're gonna start posting the events and because uh, I think they're gonna start doing some more events, some more getting getting the community out bike riding. Rachel Edwards with paint. Rachel Edwards with paint. Rachel is R H C A R R A C H A E L. A E L. Yeah, that kind of threw me off. Yeah, and then with paints. Rachel Edwards with paint. Yeah. So, and also, if you click the link in the um, in the show notes, I think her name will be linked to her Instagram. So, uh, just follow that link. Check out her Instagram. Um, the next uh, event, actually, um, with uh, we got Shake Hands Amarello um, up in the Instagram live at this present moment as I'm doing the announcement for. Uh, five Saint Five, uh, June thirtieth is going to be another Shake Hands Ping Pong tournament. I got creamed in the last tournament. It wasn't even funny. They bumped me up into the up into the A League, and I just don't I just don't know if I'm an A League player. You know, I got beat by somebody's offhand. Um, so just to let you know how that goes, you know, it goes bad sometimes. Um, but so, like, so there are ten spots remaining. I got the live update from Shake Hands Amarello um, as I was doing this Instagram live. So, ten slots remaining. This will be a fun event. It's Beastie Boys um, this this month. So it's gonna be fun. Check them out on Facebook. I think Facebook's probably the best. Facebook or Instagram probably the best places to find that event. So. Check it out. Um, those are a lot of fun events. Man, this is just going crazy. I got a phone call. Uh, kids waking up. My brain is all over the place. But So the uh, commissioner for Shake Hands Amarello, Jeff Wyrick, has been on. He's been making the rounds lately. He's uh, He went on 575 Pizzeria's uh, podcast called Pizza Face. It's the Pizza Face podcast. I think you can... Subscribe to that anywhere you can subscribe to podcasts. Um, and he also went on Hey Amarillo podcast recently. So uh, Shake Hands is getting that publicity up. You know, they're uh, getting that word out. So uh, check those two things out um, and just uh, just tune in. I mean, it's uh, tune in or what, what, the buy-in, I guess, for the tournament. But uh, get involved if you like ping pong. It's a great event. I, I brought a friend to the last one, and he uh, instantly was like, "Man, where where have all these people been?" You know, it, it was such a inviting environment, and uh, and some some solid ping pong players. So check that out if you're interested. 
Um, that's it for the events for this for uh, this episode. Um, so I'm slightly uh, I'm working towards a restructuring of the show. Uh, my wife and I have gotten have kind of entered into conversations. Uh, I think she's going to come on as a creative director, perhaps. <laughs> Some sort of a title. We might give her a title. Um, but we're, you know, I, I got the ball rolling with the podcast, um, kind of getting on my feet, doing the interviews, and really structuring it more as like an interview based show. Uh, but now that it is rolling, now that I'm kind of understanding a little bit how to do it, uh, I'm going to try to put in a little bit more of a, uh, of a craft. I'm going to try to make it a, a little bit more of a show. Uh, so if you have an idea, uh, shoot me an idea. segment. What? Or segment. Yeah, like an idea for a segment or something like that, something you want us to talk about. Um, you can shoot me those on Instagram, probably the easiest place, Instagram or Facebook. Uh, but just to let you know, to uh, you know, be tuning in for that, tuning in for the change. Uh, it should, you know, the show has always like from the beginning. I've always been planning on it evolving, planning on it changing and growing and turning into something new and different. And the cool thing about podcasting and and it as a medium or as a uh, art form, can you go so far as to call it an art form? is that it it has the potential to be whatever it's going to be you know it can change and morph uh, assume a new shape it's um, adaptable so that's what I'm hoping to do with the show is adapt it make it a little what do you have anything to add here Shannon do you want to say anything to the fans no you're good okay all right so um, anyway so just be on the lookout for that. Uh, now, in other news, we still have shirts and hats for sale. Uh, go to my website or shoot me a message on Facebook or Instagram if you are interested. The uh, shirts are $20 a piece. We have small, medium, and larges. No. No. I take that back. We've got mediums, larges, and extra larges. Uh, and then the hats are like a one-size-fits-all. Uh and uh, this is actually the best way to show your support to the show is if is if you want to show some support, support, if you want to show some support, uh, rock the brand, you know. So you can either buy a hat or buy a shirt. So hit me up. Let me know what you uh, if you want one. Um, I have a Patreon, but I haven't been very active on it. So I'm hesitant to tell people to actually support me on Patreon because I haven't been keeping up my end of the deal. Uh, but hopefully I will be more engaging on that in the future. That's an that's another way you can show some support to the podcast. Um, also, this is one I've been forgetting to plug and throw out there, but... Uh, if you listen on iTunes, then you can uh, like the podcast in iTunes and throw a review on it or or rate it and review it. Um, I think that helps bump things up in the uh, like uh, the cache or whatever if somebody like Googles it or type in a keyword, you know, maybe they'll find it. So that's those are all cool things. Um, all you know, like my Facebook page. Uh, in Facebook, it's just Panhandle Primate Podcast. And then also you can follow along on Instagram. That's 
the the primary stuff that I put on Instagram is like videos of my kid playing or riding a scooter and podcast stuff. So that's a good place to keep up with news about the podcast. Um, anyway, I think that that is uh, about that. That's pretty much it. So I'm going to play you into the podcast today with a tune from uh, Vamping. They played a show last night. I've had uh, John Rubin, uh, Medina, and then I also had a episode with Broderick, uh, the lead singer. Uh, they were at the time both in the band Mount Ivy, but now Mount Ivy is uh, done and vamping is going, and they've been playing some shows around town. Um, and so I was going to play a song from them as the intro song. And then we play a cup. We play a tune from Smooth Taste. We play a tune from Ugly Chulo, and we end with a tune from David Bowie. So um, this is like kind of a heavy music uh, show. But anyway, thank y'all for tuning in, and until next time, peace out.
Okay, first off, this is Pan Out Primate Podcast. I'm here with Rachel Edwards. Mm-hmm. And my my side man, my co-host is uh, Fire Manny on Instagram. <laughs> my buddy Manny. So anyway, he's going to be helping us out running the running the Google machine if we need it, and also talking talking if he if uh, he chooses. I'm a pretty good talker, and I'm pretty good Googler. So mm. we'll see how this goes. I knew you'd be perfect for the job. <laughs> the other thing was I was starting to come up with this idea of having like a co-host, mm-hmm. bringing a co-host in, and I was thinking, man, who who are some possible candidates for us yeah. for a co-host it's like my wife is natural mm-hmm. right she's always in my house and then manny <laughs> manny lives super close by uh-huh. like a block over so it's like manny was definitely like the natural number two mm-hmm. you know he's my number two <laughs> always good to be the number well, two you know what <laughs> it's not number three mm-hmm. you know it is what it is it is what it is <laughs> All right, so um, anyway, this is my the first uh, podcast where I'm doing the co-host uh, mm-hmm. model. So we'll see how it goes. I love to be with the groundbreaking. Yeah, yeah. This model. is this is definitely <laughs> that's the hard thing is whenever you first fill out a feel out a format, you start to get comfortable with it, mm-hmm. and then you get start get uh, it's like generic almost. Yeah, you can, you can rattle it off. So sometimes it's good to mix things up a bit. I that's, feel like I, this yeah, is a twenty four hour notice for me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It was yesterday, yesterday at work, I was like, "Hey, man, you're gonna be on my podcast." That's my co-host. He He's like, like oh. "What are you doing tomorrow?" I was like, mm. "He was like, all right." He was up for it though, so it yeah. was fun, and we're gonna go for it. it I think it'll work out. I'm if he sure. said we we're working out, I'd be like, "I'm busy, Dexter." Yeah, <laughs> you were close to saying that. I felt, I felt like he was. Cl- he That's cool though, because it won't sound practiced. Yeah, you know? well, it has definitely not been practiced. <laughs> <laughs> there was no script. It would maybe be nice if there were a script sometimes. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll maybe tinker with that in the future. But anyway, Rachel, you're here to promote your Back Alley Galleries, mm-hmm. which this, what's the date on this? Uh, this is... I feel like a terrible host. <laughs> <laughs> this is June 29th. June 29th. That's mm-hmm. coming up pretty quick. Yeah. Actually, just a couple of weeks, even less than two weeks. Now, is this like a like an annual thing now? Is it going to be an annual or semi-annual? or? It, it, so far, uh, I'm just kind of letting it go through whatever motions it's got. So far, it's become annual. The very first one, the, the first year that we did it... Um, you got a coaster, bro? <laughs> dude, my wife will. My, you know how my are, dude. My, here, you could even set it on my. You got a coaster, bro. I heard, I heard it set down, and I was like, "Oh, dude, you my wife." Dude, you, can, you can have my. You can have my coaster. If it's, is that cold? It was. Yeah, but the wood sucked up all the moisture. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, Shannon doesn't listen to my podcast. So so we got June 29th. Mm-hmm. It's coming up. And um, just to kind of like do a quick description of like what you're planning this event to be. be well, like. the, it has, there's a basic um, kind of construction to it. We have um, certainly a DJ, which is Rupert the Duke. Mm-hmm. And he's he's kind of the back alley gallery DJ. Um, he's He knows exactly what fits. He nice. Plays, yeah, it sounds great. Um, we have free crafted beer. And so now what, like, which alley is this in? This is going to be right to the west of Taylor Street Overpass. So it's, it's kind of first in Taylor Street Overpass. Mm, Okay. Nice. Mm -hmm. 
They can't know where that's at. It's kind of right across from MRL. <clears throat> okay. Mm. Oh, so, yeah. Cool. Yeah. And it's a fantastic alley. It, you know, mm-hmm. kind of puts you right into New York. Or, oh, yeah. You know, it's really urban. Hell yeah. Yeah? Yeah, <laughs> right over there. By, so is it the, right next to the train tracks pretty much? Pretty much. Nice. Yeah. It's going to be cool. Oh, yeah. The, sometimes when the trains come through... You know, they, they do the horn thing. It'll it'll blow up your chest. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's amazingly loud. Mm-hmm. Um, well, cool. And um, let's see here. What you said, festivities, it's craft beer. Y'all got some, some Yeah, that, that's also uh, an annual thing. The, the guys with Don Cuban Bomb City Brewery. Mm. Um, have And these are award-winning craft beer makers. So they... They um they're making tw- let's see thirty gallons this year. Mm. <laughs> last year they actually gallons. ran out of twenty five gallons of beer. Really? Last year, yeah. So they think five more will be enough. <laughs> 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 <It's> like, dude, <laughs> so you got to remember this is an alcoholic town. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think yeah. five more will be good. <laughs> showing out. Uh, showing well, there out. was there was uh, apparently a uh, certain. Certain times they did headcount, and it was it was between 200 and 250 people. Wow. Uh, at any given time. Yeah, so, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's so, a really good turnout. Yeah, it really was. Um, the, the brave and curious the, <laughs> yeah. that I called it to come out and... and uh, how did you uh, How did you promote that last event? It was it was pretty much Facebook, word of mouth. Um, I did I did have some posters. Mm. Um, some cards and I, and I went around just basically you know coffee houses and yeah things like that and then um, really social media was a big one yeah it's weird how like you you have to tr- to get an event together that it seems like there's these like bottlenecks yeah where it's like okay yeah. you have to have if you don't have a Facebook event mm-hmm. literally nobody will show up yeah you know stuff like that and it's kind of a weird it's like I don't know when we became like that as a society that's true. That's true. It kind of flipped. Because, like, stuff used to happen mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. Like, people used to do things. Well, people used like, to talk. That's now true. Now everybody's on social media. That's true. That's, that's how they talk. True. Mm-hmm. Instead of sending somebody a message and saying, hey, what are you doing Friday? Because I don't got shit to do. We get on Facebook <laughs> and we let Facebook tell mm-hmm. us what is. What and then we get mad and like, ah. Dexter had a podcast without me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he's always been saying that. He's like, invite me over to a podcast. And the second I invite him, he's trying to like back out of it. Instantly, instantly he's like backpedaling. He's like, oh, I don't know. Man. I don't know if I want to be in on that. So, yeah. it's well, it's funny. like they say, you know, Pixar, it didn't happen. You know, they if you don't see it on, on social media, nobody knows what's going right, on. Right, right. It is, it is a strange world. And like, mm-hmm. even with this podcast... It's one of those things you start to realize how dependent we are on on a platform yeah. in order to get what we have to say out. Even if what you're having to say isn't like super important, mm-hmm. it's like, well, what if you did have something super important to say? Like, yeah. Is Facebook your only outlet for saying it? That's true. But That's Which true. is kind of crazy. Here, I'm going to try to switch this real quick. I've heard that this is a trick you can do if you feel like the sound is bouncing up off the table. That's why I put the oh, bonsai yeah. tree in between Manny and us. You trying to block me out? I, no, well, I'm trying to, <laughs> I was trying to put a little filter for you. Oh, yeah. I, speak I through. Get, speak through the tree. I do get pretty loud. <laughs> yeah. Very good. So, okay. So, where are we at with this thing? We're still talking about the back alley gallery. Mm-hmm. You got beer. You got food. 
Or no, yeah, food? Yeah, food. It, uh, the, the, I jumped that, the gun the al- on that one. The Alley Cuisine. Alley Cuisine, yeah, is, okay. It's uh, catered by the Panhandlers Cafe. Oh, nice. So, yeah, fantastic food. And are they the ones that are out of the uh, building downtown? Uh-huh. The Is it the... What, what, what yeah, but I believe that? the bank building down, downtown, Emerald National Bank building. No, is it that is one? That? I thought it was in a different one. Um, like the Wells Fargo building or something like that. Hey, can you Google that? Dude, I got it. <laughs> actually, <laughs> actually Google it. Oh, okay. Um, so, so see what building they're in, the Panhandlers. Say it again, the Pan- Panhandlers Cafe. Panhandlers Cafe. I think, I can't remember which building they're in, but it's super cool. I'm always surprised by the building that they're in because mm-hmm. there's like this big center opening in the yep. middle. It's real pretty. Mm-hmm. But um, so cool. So they're doing the food? Yeah. And are there tickets? Are you selling tickets to this event? No, this is is actually free. It's all free. Yeah, you just come and be a part of it. Cool. Because the the whole point of of the show itself was to be an experience. Um, Somewhere in between... um, A and B. (laughs) Oh, you got it. Oh, the A and B. I was thinking Chase Building when you said Bank Building. You're right. A and B. I don't know if I've ever actually been into that one. I know my wife has talked about it. She says that they're delicious. They yeah. make some delicious food. Absolutely. So, yeah. Which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so where were we at? I'm sorry. I cut you off. No, there it's fine. It, uh, the, the show itself was, it's kind of like if you have a Venn diagram. Mm-hmm. And on one side you have the fine art gallery. Mm-hmm. And on the other side you have the street art scene. Mm-hmm. You push them together and that intersection is the back alley gallery. Nice. So and there's an actual transition mm-hmm. when the sun goes down. Yeah. And you know the the first part of it is everybody's out there and it's you know in the sun and you can take selfies and it's mm-hmm. it's kind of a thing, you know, and you don't really notice the art kind of like the street art thing where mm-hmm. you know it's there, but maybe you're not really paying attention to it. And as the sun goes down, they're actually lit with solar lights. So the solar lights start coming on. And when it gets dark, all you can see is the artwork. Yeah, that's super And you cool. realize you've actually been in a gallery. And yeah. you're a part of it. Yeah, that's pretty cool how mm-hmm. I do like that uh, juxtaposition of you're standing in a spot, which it's one of the things I was going to, I think I maybe wrote it down on a different page. It was a thought that I decided not to go. Uh, art is the mundane becoming significant. Mm. You know, so mm-hmm. like it's kind of cool because yeah. my last guest was uh, Malcolm Byers. Right. And he yep. was talking about, you know, painting murals and stuff. Mm-hmm. And when he does, he transforms a two-dimensional surface mm-hmm. from being something you just look at and pass over. Oh, it's a wall. Yeah. No big deal. Yeah. It transforms it into a picture of a person. Absolutely you know? right. Yeah. It's kind of a weird, it's it's a cool It's a cool thing. But, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I definitely love that. I love that idea. And also... Uh, I think it's cool that it's where we put our trash, you know, like yeah. redesignating what value means. Exactly. You know, it's like, is this trash or is this something that we could still enjoy and take advantage Absolutely. of? Absolutely. Yeah. And and you, you learn to look at things differently. You know, at one point you might have just kind of disregarded it as something like that. Mm-hmm. And now there's actually something of value, something of human value. Right. In the same place. So you, you look at things in a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's pretty wild. You got anything on that, Manny? What's up? Just like your bayonet. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, you you that, have that as artwork right there now. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Well, see, so this is a transformation, absolutely. I don't know where this sword came. This one, it, but it's a fishing sword, and it's been passed down from my family. I have no story behind it. Like my uncle, whoever, 
but um, it was from from Mexico. Mm-hmm. And then this one, I was on a move. I was moving furniture, mm-hmm. clearing out this dude's garage, and he just had a bayonet randomly in the corner. <laughs> and as soon as I saw that, I was like, ooh. ooh. Yeah. I want a, <laughs> why do I want a bayonet? I'm not sure exactly, but that's kind of but a cool, like it. it's a big, yeah. long sword, you know? And so getting to talk to the guy, I think it's he looked up the, uh, there's like a brand on it, and I guess mm-hmm. it was manufactured in Germany in like oh, the wow. 20s or something like that. So that's, that's probably a, a human killing, uh, yeah. you know. That's got stories to it, definitely. I, I wonder if you could get the DNA off that. I wonder if I'd get in trouble. Like I said, one man's trash because he was going to throw it away. Oh, yeah. He literally did not want it at all. He was like, I'm that's done amazing. with this thing. Yeah, that's amazing. That's and, you know, I guess I kind of understand. You know, you're in that moving phase and it's at the yeah. end of the day and you're just kind of like, get this crap away from me, you know? So yeah. I don't know exactly, but. Well, and that's kind of part of, the, I think, the core element of art is, is just a human connection. You know, you're, you're mm. connected to something that happened decades ago. But, I mean, it's a human experience. Right. I mean, you're kind of part of the cycle. One of the most extreme of human experiences, yeah. you know? Like, Absolutely. Like murdering each other. Yeah. Like, But it's legal. Yeah. It's like, hey, look, we're all agreeing. Right now we're all agreeing that we're all going to murder each other. That's the wild part of it. You know? And what you change. <laughs> yeah. now. Do what? The purge. The purge. No, I'm talking about <laughs> just like war. War. Like war, you take guys that here would not murder somebody, and you you put them over somewhere and you say, okay, the object is... To win. To win. I mean, <laughs> the way we're going to win is by, you know, they're going to try to kill you too. It's an agreed upon. Like, we're trying to kill each other. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of wild, you know? It's like, I can't imagine being in that, like circumstance or that headspace you know for very long and it never changes that's the thing is that you never get to a point where you say well that wasn't really good right you know that i use the word murder maybe that's a little bit too um has a little bit too of a uh negative connotation to it but i mean it is like survival it is yeah but see but then you get into like weird circumstances of like collateral damage right where like the number of Collateral damage in the U.S. Iraq War was like crazy. Like eighty percent were non-combatants, twenty yeah. percent were combatants. I mean, that's that's my kids. Hey, I'm going to fight the war, but my kids are getting blown up at home. You know, like that's yeah. kind of that's kind of scary. You know, and even more so when the, you know you think about the fact that this kind of ties into the show actually that the kind of technology that we have, mm. you would think you would be even more precise at what you were doing mm. and then actually it just widens to how yeah do you think they make a facebook event for we're gonna meet <laughs> for what we're gonna meet and have a battle six o'clock over down to downtown have you ever seen those larpers <laughs> yes that meet over at like memorial park I mean, um, I could I could see something like that. I mean, what's the difference between that and a jujitsu class, really? Other than we're actually trying to break each other's arms, you know? <laughs> I mean, both ways, it's like practicing combat for fun. You know, you're hitting each other with sticks yeah, or you're rolling around trying to, like, choke yeah. somebody out, you know? Both are simulated combat events. Mm-hmm. And both of those things exist. So uh, I don't think it's above... Not too far of a leap. Uh, yeah, I mean, think about it. It's like, and, and imagine if it was one of those circumstances where it's like, look, there's not going to be any guns, you know, no weapons. You just meet up, you hit each other a couple of times. You've seen fight, fight we, club. Well, we've seen people fight at the station. Like y'all wrestled yesterday, you know. 
<laughs> Not in a bad way. Oh, I'm talking about it. It was actually in a, it was in a good, controlled. I mean, it was a physical activity. That's I wrestled all through high school, and I never got hurt in the practice room. Because you know how to wrestle with mm-hmm. each other, like you don't, you're not gonna hurt each other, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, where was I going with that? Simulated comp. <laughs> that is one of my favorite lines that he always does, because he rambles and rambles and rambles. Where and was I like, going? And then he pauses. He's like, oh, like yeah, I can't. Can can <laughs> we'll jump back in. We were talking about rich. We'll see it be ritualistic combat. That's what it would mm-hmm. be called is ritualistic combat. It's like football is ritualistic combat. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't exist for grown men because That's it's dangerous. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's da- think about it. Think about how many more 16-year-olds play football than 30-year-olds. Astronomical. It is a kid's sport because they don't get hurt as easily because it's super dangerous. Yeah. I guess you know? it's just how, how, however you clothe it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Whatever you call it, whatever you put behind it, you can you can make things work and make things fly. Right, right. There's almost like a hmm, interesting. That's that. Maybe I'll have to come back to that thought. Yeah, we kind of branched off on that one. I, do you know where we're at? <laughs> no, no clue. All right, we'll jump in here. So that event is going to be a blast. Mm-hmm. Um, it, are they are going to be playing? The event is called Metallica, right? That's yeah. like the the uh, title. Yeah, that that's that's one thing about this that stays with um, kind of more of a fine art view, um, is that these shows are usually themed. Mm. So and that's kind of the way I do them. So the the entire show, um, you can look at all of the pieces and you're following a specific theme. So Metallica is with this the theme of this one, and it's it's really based on one specific event, but on a, a broader aspect. Uh, it's about kind of the replacement of humans with AI and robotics. Ooh, uh, which I, yeah, <laughs> I think that's a, a pretty big thing. And like I said, the, the really specific thing that kind of um, got me off onto the, that subject was um, Christie's, which is a huge art dealer, and art seller, um, actually sold a piece of work. Dude. This is my. <laughs> this is one of my points. <laughs> See, you, you know AI generated art. Uh, yeah. AI generated art. Like, yeah. Because it was one of the posts that I recognized I you. Fell out of my chair. Yeah, you posted it, and I was like, because I'm as like Manny can attest, mm-hmm. I'm pretty big on AI mm-hmm. because, for instance, like driving cars, sure. like there are certain things that humans imagine us being good at autopilot. Yeah. We're not good at autopilot. No. Like studies show, yeah, studies show that we're not good at autopilot. But AI is incredibly efficient Mm -hmm. at autopilot Mm -hmm. at doing one task. Yeah, you know, without any. So I'm I'm always talking about it just because I actually think it might be the doom of our generation, Mm -hmm. but the birth of a new generation. Could be. It could, uh, and I think it depends. You know, artificial intelligence is going to have a bias to it. You can't get away from that. Whatever whatever the bias of whatever human is doing, uh, um, the design of it is going to be in that intelligence. Right. So it depends on whichever way. And I know Elon Musk has actually said something about this. There's mm-hmm. several people that have said this. But um, it really depends on which way you're going to lean with that initial design. 
Because it has to start somewhere. It's mm-hmm. got to. It's got to have a first step. My my question would be, <clears throat> like, think about Facebook. Mm-hmm. Facebook understands us better than we understand ourselves. Yeah. It can predict. So it can predict which posts we're going to click on, mm-hmm. which ones we're likely to click on, which links we're going to follow and buy something. Mm-hmm. It. Now, it is indiscriminate about the data. It's yeah. just using it to advertise to us. Yeah. So in, in one sense, we can be, we can, there's a certain uh, view of ourselves that is um, exemplified mm-hmm. through which ads we are being shown. Yeah. Like if I start seeing every single ad is just guys with six packs and it's mm-hmm. every single one <laughs> says, get your six pack. Like, yeah. I'm going to get you online. It's like... <laughs> Facebook is telling me something about myself mm-hmm. because it's showing me all these different dudes who are peddling an average, you know? It's like, what's it seeing me? Like, yeah. why is that the ad that it's popping up? Well, and that's the thing, though, is that it, and I know a lot of people talk about, this is this is too creepy, it's reading into us, and it's, and I'm, I mean, when you get down to it right now, it's mathematical average. That's all that mm. is. It's how much you click on certain things, and it's seeing it, it keeps it in its little brain, and it says... So many times this has been clicked on, so probably this would fit the next one. Mm-hmm. And that was part of what the Christie's thing. Um, $400,000 later, uh, this thing that was done by... That's pretty dope, it, though. Man. $400,000 for a computer like, <laughs> like generated image? Like, that is pretty... Like, and so, here, I'm going to get um, some more coffee. Are you good on coffee? Do you want a, co- a cup of coffee? Yeah, I think I'm ready. Okay. You're ready for one? But um, I'll come right back. Actually, here we'll take we'll take our first musical break. Okay. And then we'll okay. come right back to that same point. Let me hop in my seat back here. Okay. The first band we're gonna play is. Do you know who Smooth Taste is? I I think yeah, I've heard of them. Okay. Then you yeah, played them the other I played them the other day, okay. but they just left out on a tour. Going up the East Coast. Fantastic. Which is going to be kind of cool. They're a bunch of young kids, and I'm, like, excited to that's see. Great. I mean, it's like, that's the time in their life that they have to be Absolutely. able to do that. You know, it's, like, cool. You're trying to tell look. everybody to move to Amarillo. I am trying to tell <laughs> I have a master plan. But you got to be careful when you reveal aspects of your master plan. This is true. Because if you, the, as in every comic book movie, the, the bad guy always mm-hmm. reveals... His plan to dominate the world mm-hmm. within time to flaunt, like, uh, what's the right word there? Fort it? Fort it? Yeah. Fort? Oh, fort. 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 Ah. I was saying with an F, it was a T. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all that aside, it's Smooth Taste. This is a song called Stories. Um, they just headed out on tour, and we'll just take a quick musical break. Thank you. 
break um we had some technical difficulties i'm blaming them all on manny <laughs> so but we we got the idea of the song um yeah they just headed out it's kind of great sound kind of cool yeah, yeah they yeah. got some cool they got a really cool sound and mm-hmm. they're uh, definitely it's cool now that <clears throat> i think we're far enough past the end of like new music mm-hmm. 
that all music has like a certain nostalgic feel yeah. at its base. Yeah. Like that and and almost ha for popular music at I least. Get that. It almost has to be where you can associate it with, hey, that seventies guitar yeah. rock, you I remember, know. And I, stuff. Yeah, I remember that in high school. Yeah, yeah and that yeah. and I think it's one of those things like for a lot of generations I think people were scared of that artist. Mm -hmm. They were like, No, I don't wanna be like somebody else, I'm gonna yeah. do my own thing. But now it's kind of cool whenever somebody can be like, no, I'm kind of doing this and this and this and this, mm -hmm. taking all these different elements and then I'm putting it together my own way. You yeah, know, it's absolutely. Like crafting a sound. It's mm -hmm. pretty cool. Um, but hey, so Manny, pull up this picture that sold. How much did you say this oh, thing I'll sold? Oh, I tried to do it, Dexter. <laughs> yeah, you, you try. Um, what, this what was, was it over, over $400,000 for this, for this piece of. <laughs> what was the what place? What for? Uh, you can... I want to see this picture. Christie's Artificial Intelligence. Yeah, Christie's AI painting. Yeah. Sold for 400 That's I mean, pretty you, rad, you, though. You can tell. Though. I mean, it, it's pixelated. And what they did was they they put in like 20,000 images. Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah. Like, Well, and see, that's one of the things I was... I don't think I actually ended up commenting on that post, yeah. but I wrote out like probably four or five <laughs> different like paragraph responses yeah. because not yeah. not necessarily for any. Here, can you turn the screen a little bit towards me? Nope. Is that the picture? I'm looking right at it, and it's kind of got a French impressionist sort of feel, but I mean, it's completely soulless, you know. So, did it actually paint with a brush on a canvas? I'm not sure the exact. Um, so that, that piece does aspect. make you feel something, though, right? Oh, it makes me feel something. Does it? Like what? <laughs> so now, if I were... So how... Like, what would change about that if I told you a person painted it? I you Would know, anything change, or you still think it's like a shitty piece? Do you think it's a shitty piece of art? Well, I mean, when you really... If, if you look at it, if you, you know, in front of it, or you, you get a up-close kind of look at it, you can see it's pixelated. Mm -hmm. So I mean, right off the bat, I would say that technically it's it's not really good anyway. Um, it's not you can tell it's not painted. It's there's not brush strokes to it. It's just basically a print of something, mm -hmm. and it's it's an it's an average. It's, it's a mathematical average of twenty thousand different paintings. Isn't there something beautiful about that though? That it's so it's well, analyzing what we say is good. And saying, this is what I think you see that is good out of these 20,000 things. Well, that's, like, that's kind of a cool... That's the thing, though, is that if, you know, that depends on one... Like I say, you have a bias. That depends on one person's idea of what art should be. Well, but, on, but honestly, it's not one person. It's 20,000 pictures well, that's averaged what I'm saying, into though, a computer. There so, was like, a, there was there's a, not a person sitting... Like I think that to me that's kind of what is pretty about that picture well, that I respect is it's saying they're in only the sense that humans inputted the twenty thousand pictures. Mm -hmm. That is all that went into that picture being an actual picture. Like because I see a guy, mm -hmm. maybe like a early American with like a big collar mm -hmm. poking out of a like overcoat, mm -hmm. maybe coming in. Or going out into mm -hmm. night, you know. Yeah. So it's kind of weird. Well, there's definitely something there. That's I, weird that it, uh, without a human telling it to do that, mm -hmm. created an image that I then can see a story in. Like to me, that's kind of a 
that's that's almost like that's why I wonder. This is what I wonder about it. Mm-hmm. See if you can find the one with Napoleon, the AI generated picture of like the Napoleon. I can't remember what the name of that art piece was, mm-hmm. but I think maybe you'll get it from just that. Um, but the first time I saw the image, I disliked it from the mechanical feel yeah. of it. But I loved it for the actual the like concept behind it. Yeah, almost like the innovativeness of the. Um, Which one is it? Let's see. I think it's. I don't know, man. There's a lot of pictures there. Um, I don't know if I'm even gonna be able. It's it's one that's made up of a bunch of other pictures. I'll let you just kind of keep. It's like it's like one. It's an image. It's that image, but created by them melding a bunch of other images into that image. It's like a real weird, um, almost oh, like that, is almost true. like is Photoshop yeah. an art form? Because I would say it is. Like okay. uh, a person going in and doctoring a picture. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen it done. Yeah, see, that's the picture. Yeah, I like that one. See, that's weird, isn't it? Like, I don't. I, I think a person could generate that. Easily, sure. And I've seen yeah. people generate things well, that are super weird, but it's like, why? Why does it know that me and Manny, separated by several years of age, mm-hmm. by different demographics, how does it know that we're both going to look at that and say, "Damn, that's pretty cool." Well, <laughs> you know that's, what I'm that's, that's the thing, though, is that that part of it isn't in there. It's it's not going to know. I'm going to do this because someone thinks it's cool, and that that I think is where you get into what is art. And like I was saying, the, I think the core element of art is the human aspect. That's, that's even the, the purpose of it, is the connection of humans through human experience. Okay, so this, this was one of I mean, the you, things... You can get novelty. Yeah, you this is one of the things I was going to throw out. Cause, <clears throat> so, <coughs> have you seen Westworld? I don't think so. No, Manny, have you seen it? We had to I watch saw the first season. We had to watch it for my for my wife's. Uh, she had a Western class. She's working <laughs> on her masters, okay. and we had to watch westerns. And so the teacher had all these different examples of the genre, how it is defined. Mm-hmm. So they watched the uh, they watched like the the shootout westerns. Oh, they yeah, watched the anti westerns. They watched like all the uh, yeah the anti westerns, which like Unforgiven. Have mm-hmm. you seen that with yeah. Clint Eastwood? That's an anti western. Okay. Which is kind of interesting, and she breaks it down and shows. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, she was showing um, Westworld was one of her examples, so we had to watch it. And okay. <clears throat> just as a quick, it fits exactly, spoiler maybe, not really a spoiler, <laughs> I'm not going to give anything away, but the premise of it is that you go to this theme park, mm-hmm. and you get to interact with these machines mm-hmm. that are almost indistinguishable from people, mm-hmm. and they do these loops, so you get to plug into storylines. Okay. So you get to, okay. like, one of them is uh, raping the farmer's daughter. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's wow. dark. It's really yeah. dark. And, like, besting the gunslinger. Uh-huh. So you are the bad guy that shoots down the gunslinger and takes his girl. That's wow. one of the storylines. So you're just taking over a specific experience. Right. And see, and so they're on loops, though. So gotcha. the okay. girl, the farmer's daughter, is a machine programmed to make you believe like fall in love wow. with her and make you believe that she's a farmer's daughter yeah so that you can then treat her the way you would not treat somebody in the normal world right oh, you're man. playing yeah. a role in a movie mm-hmm. and 
So it plays with this whole idea of um, is the robot uh, a human? Are they actually experiencing fear? Is this inhumane the way we're treating the robots? So wow. <clears throat> that was one of the things. Quite that, a premise. Yeah, that was one of the things that made me think about this mm-hmm. um, when you posted it. Was because we were in the middle of Shannon watching Westworld, so we were mm-hmm. talking about it a lot and kind of like trying to break it down. Uh-huh. She wrote a paper over it, and she came across this dude named Antonio Gramsci. He was an Italian Marxist philosopher mm-hmm. and communist politician okay. who was. One of the leaders of the Communist Party in Italy, and then Mussolini got into power, and he imprisoned um, Gramsci. Mm-hmm. And so Gramsci, a lot of Gramsci's works are called, the, uh, it's called the Prison Papers. He was in prison, and he was writing on this, you know, stuff. Right, okay. But his main thing was, like, cultural hegemony, and specifically, like, the bourgeoisie of the communists, right. you know, mm-hmm. it's the traditional intellectual versus the organic intellectual. Okay. That was, like, one of the big questions he had. And so what this made me think of was uh, the Rocky franchise. Okay. You know? Mm-hmm. It's like you never count somebody out. Right. Even if he's the downtrodden, the yeah. he's the underdog, he's a loser, he mm-hmm. doesn't have the intellectual capacity to beat Apollo Creed. Right. But then... That's what makes it a great movie, right? Yeah, you yeah, want exactly. the underdog to succeed. Mm-hmm. So that was one of the question or one of the <clears throat> things that I was thinking whenever I saw this. Okay. Is it was like, what if this is more of a we are focused on traditional intellectualism, mm-hmm. and this is maybe under more of the uh, organic intellectualism because mm-hmm. there is a beauty to the process behind a beautiful image. Well, this is this is where I would go with this is that. I'm not saying that everything has to be uh, a deep theoretical piece of art. Um, you can certainly have, I mean, some images are just specifically aesthetic. Mm-hmm. You can have things that you just like in your house because it, it's pretty, it's colorful, it's, uh, or, or maybe, yeah, uh, it makes you feel a certain way. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the it, thing is talk aesthetic. about talk about a more genetically produced form of artwork. A two year old bringing artwork home to you. It's like it's literally the women at Mother's Day out doing these like they're doing the art project. Yeah. Not the they're just trying to keep them from like strangling each other or something, you know. But it, it ends up being some of the most beautiful things that Absolutely. I can look at because of the meaning behind. Well, and know? that's the thing though is the there's a human connection there you know Mm -hmm. it's not made by something that you can't connect with and we have really we're we're a part of this humongous ancient cycle and it i mean you can go back literally centuries and i've done this a couple of times that really hit me hard with um some very major works of art but it it hit me because i suddenly felt completely connected to this Thing that's much bigger than me you know there's a bigger picture going on and i'm a part of it right and so i felt that through this th- you know done in the 1400s you know I, I could feel that um something that was done by uh something just you know so many decades ago um one of my favorite artists a- andrew wyeth um had done a a, a piece that was um that was called christina's world Christina's world. Yeah, and I and I. I want to see it. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I got one my of the best. I got one my, of the most famous pieces, actually. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah, you'll know it when you I'll see it. I'll know it when I see it. Yeah. 
but the 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 point of that painting i mean even the 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 subject the model of that painting was someone that had polio and i believe it was his cousin oh no shit polio my aunt she, had polio she did not want to this christina did what not was it want again? which one that's it right there this one yeah that christina's one? world oh. christina's world okay and she didn't, this is it right she didn't here. want to be in a in Can a wheelchair you make that image bigger i'm working on it dexter nice <laughs> Ooh, Museum of Modern Art. My first guest yeah. on the podcast was this chick named Erin Holland, mm-hmm. and she works oh, yeah, at the yeah. Museum of Modern Art. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So this piece is this piece there. Oh, I, I would imagine. Holy so. shit! Doesn't that make you think of Amarillo? Absolutely. Holy cuss. I'm actually oh, meaning to start saying cuss. You just, you, you just uh, absolutely helped to prove this point. Mm-hmm. Is that you? Th- oh my gosh, that feels like Amarillo. So you, you can know? make a connection. He, to yeah, and he was on. Mm-hmm. He's that's East Coast. That's like Massachusetts, right, somewhere right. around there. Um, uh-huh. but, but with me, <laughs> recently had a really bad fall and the very, the very instant I, I busted my knee and it just blew out, you know, Ooh. and yeah, it was horrible. And so I'm laying there in this, you know, my backyard and instantly <laughs> oh, I thought of this because I know the background of that. I mean, she, yeah. she didn't want to, uh, she didn't want to be in a, in a wheelchair and be somebody that wasn't. Uh, normal or like and so she literally dragged herself around the farm oh. and yeah and still did all of her chores i mean this this was an amazing picture dude i wonder what kind that. of clothing she wore this is do you have like, do you have like a like a leather pat like skid pad or something like that? if you're doing that like if you drag you know dragging yeah. yourself you'd want something that's well like i a, mean they they even made their maybe own clothes a wheel or something so that she, well, she probably Could we have gotten her like a wheelbarrow. I think of. you know sometimes she she probably wasn't, but for the most part, even just just doing her chores. But I mean, you look at that, yeah, and crazy. It, you can see if somebody that was in that situation, how far things would seem. Oh, you know, yeah, that, like, I gotta, yeah, I gotta crawl that far. Yeah, and and that I mean, I instantly mm-hmm. felt that when I thought. Oh my God! I can't walk. I've got to drag myself to yeah, my house. Wow! <laughs> what did you say she was sick with? Uh, the polio. polio. Yeah, she she didn't well, have her legs. At, and she look at her arms. Yeah, yeah. And I I mean you you can yeah, see there's even like a contortedness like even the shadow no, has that like coloring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, I mean you can even see up there. There's like a there's a ladder. There's birds. Oh, I mean yeah. you can see that there's life going on, but there's nobody there like that. That is her world solely. Because wow. she's the only one that's going to understand that. Yeah. And that instant, even in pain, I mean, that that instantly popped into my head, wow, I get it. I uh, totally get it. So yeah. there's, there's this human interaction that happens. And that's the magic in fine art, you know, with, with visual arts, when you're, you're thinking, holy crap, I, I, I know this. This is me, you know. Well, and that's the thing, too, is like, you'll see this. And most people are like, oh, that's an interesting picture. Mm-hmm. But when you hear the story behind it, absolutely, wow, that's when you're like, wow. See, in this this one, crawling even, uphill, like, I mean, yeah. that's a good point. Even when I was a kid, I because this is a really famous um, one is of the it most like a pastel. Produced, like, what is this? I know he was an oil painter. Oil. Okay. And this is one of the most reproduced pictures, um, paintings, um, especially in America. And really, yeah. And I remember as a kid, you know, nine, ten years old, I would see this. All the time, I'd see it in, in in my school classroom. I'd see it, you know, and I and I had a, kind of an artistic household anyway. My parents were jazz musicians, so I I saw this in books. I saw this all the time, and 
And I always thought I had the feeling of I love it, I can't stop looking at it, but I hate it and I don't want to see it. And I couldn't figure out why and it would mm. it pushed me to figure out the background of this painting. What is this? Why is it so strong? And I I found out, you know, who Christina was and the the what he was what Wyeth was capturing in it. Yeah. And later on down the line there I am feeling the exact tone, the exact emotion of behind this painting. Right, right. It's you like know? dialing into something that uh, is transcendent. Absolutely. That's the, that's the word. Is yeah. That is why art is an, an element of transcendence. Mm. Because you get past um, just this kind of little surfacey what you think is a human thing and see and so like as as you were talking one of the thoughts one of the words that popped in my head is like Mm -hmm. uh consumerism yeah and i think that that's what what really worries us about like the um the generation of art is it's is it puts something that is supposed to be ethereal and um pure not connected to a lot of stuff and it turns it yeah. into like almost like a like a superpower that can be used for bad. Like a, yeah, it's like we'll it's the same. It's like the same uh, thing that makes a superhero super good. Yeah, makes a super villain super bad. It's Absolutely. the exact same power. Well, you can think of propaganda. You know that a lot of them had their artists mm. during wars and during all these times where they're producing these things that are making you feel a certain way. And they want you to feel like... They want like, you to feel naturalistic. Absolutely. They want they, you to you know, think American flags. Yeah. And they want or you even to, the opposite. You, you know, the, in like Nazi Germany, they want you to hate Americans. Right. So they would have their artists do these really horrible things that just depict people. It was the dark and, side. Yeah. Like the dark side of, and, uh, of, the, of the art, you and, know. And the, that transcendence element is still there where people are literally starting to feel things for people they don't even know. They don't know who the, you know mm-hmm. who Americans are or what right. what's going on, but that is how powerful that is. Yeah, that is, and I think that that is you're always afraid or the uh, the trope exists of the person who doesn't understand the power behind the image yep. getting a hold of the image yeah. and getting like uh, McDonald's style, mm-hmm. like oh people love yellow and red yeah like let's put those bitches together (laughs) and then we'll put some delicious little bombs of flavor in them (laughs) and we'll sell them to people looking like a bouquet or something you know bouquet of of uh and admittedly it is delicious like you take a bite of one of those fries yeah they have literally engineered it's uh, so i guess you could say that's the same thing that like culinary art you get a good chef who really knows what they're doing. They chop up the proper spices yeah. and flavorings and they make a beautiful dish. They can play That's the what dish, McDonald's yeah. is to that culinary artist. Is the same thing as like a, a generated image yeah. maybe would be. so. Which it is cool to... At the essence of brainwashing, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah, it is the essence you know? of... But there is something beautiful about brainwashing. Like if you look up uh, what it, Mr. Brainwash. Do you know oh, this yeah. artist? Yeah, I do. Type in Mr. Brainwash. He and Banksy, he he got his thing from Banksy. Yeah, Exit Through the Gift Shop is his documentary. But Mm -hmm. if you look at his stuff, one of the things that's so beautiful about that documentary and about his artwork Mm -hmm. is that it is so generic. It is so generically street art that it almost becomes beautiful that so many people buy into that shit. Yeah, he, he he was certainly 
The, That's uh, Banksy, though. Yeah, he was certainly the... By Mr. Brainwash. Oh, so this is... Well, that's, are, yeah, this is the thing about him, is that he just got those really are Banksy completely images. commercial. Yeah, that... Because, I mean, he really wasn't an artist. He, no. He, was, he just liked to film things. You yeah, know, lots, he's a weirdo. Lots of, yeah, he was pretty weird. <laughs> he was a weirdo. But see, like, I think that, that was kind of what was beautiful about it, was he had this mystique behind him. The same way... He's been that, the subject of many, many conversations about that. Yeah. About art in general. Well, yeah, he became relevant through pointing out something that was very mundane and making it really uh, a talking point. So it's almost like one of those things like how... How Banksy was almost the Robin Hood of art. Mm-hmm. Mr. Brainwash was almost like, uh, who was the guy that went sheriff of Nottingham? You yeah. know, it was almost <laughs> the guy that's going to flip it around and say, oh, these people want to pay ridiculous amounts of art, like money mm-hmm. for shit that I can literally print. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to charge them ridiculous amounts of money to do yeah. this, you know? Yeah. And he creates this huge movement around literally nothing it's just the combination of uh nostalgic images just imagery yeah but i mean even that you know when you you get back to the artificial intelligence thing there's still a human essence in that and you can talk about it It, as many conversations that came out of that there's a human element Mm -hmm. you know and with with the ai generated things you know that comes into i think it brings into question what is it that you're calling art because there isn't, there isn't any human experience behind that. It's literally an average of everything else. Mm. So the image that you get, it's the has, synthesizing, yeah, right? It it's like no, so, so like that. That would almost be my question: is there's uh, no inspiration? Well, yeah, there's, there's no. Well, I would say soul. There's no yeah. soul to it. Isn't there a certain amount of like satirical, like uh, appeal or like satirical credit? Like, I mean, well, it gets. It gets credit for ringing the bell that it's not that's, supposed to ring. That's like, what that's I would say. That's kind of a cool. That's why I would say it was actually even purchased in the first place. Is that somebody just wanted to buy something that was completely anti? They almost made it art uh, by buying yeah. it. It wasn't art before they bought it, and once they bought it, it legitimized it. Well, that's and it the becomes thing. Though, it, a that's part of that's the a whole other question, though, about uh, especially the huge amounts of money that go. That's that end up in these um, galleries and dealers and in the in the big leagues is that they have people that spend really large amounts of money because they have it, you know. But that actually could you imagine that? It, that just drives I can't imagine it up. that life. No, but I, hey, hey, dude, I'm the artist. Go, I can't imagine look, any of that. Look, you just <laughs> go to this place, and if you see some cool shit. Buy it. Buy it yeah. Make sure you spend at least a hundred thousand dollars. Well, because I don't want to look like a chump in front of my friends. You yeah, know. The thing behind that though is that they they literally drive up the the cost right, themselves. Right, right, right. It's it's like it's, the so high fashion. There's kind of a scam world. going on there where you just it's not you're not looking at value. Oh, I have to have this. Oh, they're really talented. It's let's just drive up the cost so that what we have later on is really super right. valuable. It's, it's, it's creating so it's a market. Yeah, it's yeah. creating a market. And, Absolutely. And it's like that. It's like how high fashion is, you know. Mm-hmm. But then you got a guy like Kanye West, who in a lot of ways is high fashion. Some of the music, yeah. music he makes sure. is like garbage <laughs> on the surface. Mm-hmm. But then it survives this like the scrutiny of you listen to it once or twice and you're like, man, I know I want to hate this. <laughs> because it's so commercial but the dude nailed it you know or something like he still makes great songs mm-hmm. so it's kind of like a, a high a high fashion critique 
of its own power. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I'm not exactly sure where that's going uh, or if that makes sense. But well, it's kind of. I mean, you. I think you can pull this into any, even in the music industry. If you look at kind of like the 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 bubblegum kind of pop bands. Yeah, know? which you gotta you They're, like it sometimes. It's just like well, the, that's the thing. Though. Move, that's know? another. That's another average. They have literally figured out a specific uh, musical and um, basically equation. That they know will make the pop charts. They know people like it, so that's why you start hearing like that silly cowboy rap song. Yeah, you kind of like it. I hate this song, but leave it on. But it's kind of you listen to it gritting your teeth. It's like let's get to the end of it, but at the end we we can maybe talk shit if you want to. Like it, it's kind of fun. Oh yeah, so it it's kind of a it is kind of an interesting when you when you start getting that because I've been thinking about this. We always like to, what is it called, anthropomorphize like the past. Mm-hmm. And we start to imagine that music the way we are consuming it today has always been how music was consumed. Yeah. And I was thinking back to um, one of the, I don't know, I just was looking through some, I was like, man, I want I want some old music for inspiration. And I looked up, uh, oh, damn it, now I'm going to go, it's going to make me look like an idiot. <laughs> Barry, Chuck Berry. And... Uh, I, I listened to Route 66. Yeah. Because a lot of people, like when Bad Magic got rained out, we go to Golden Light, which is one of the oldest restaurants on Route 66. Mm-hmm. And I started imagining Chuck Berry cruising through, because he lists Amarillo. So you oh, know yeah. he played gigs in Amarillo. He was stopping Man, here. he did, yeah. And, and I think what's cool is back then, the um, you needed, it had to be based off of a certain expectation because people are coming to dance. Yeah. This is my only chance all week to listen to music and dance. Because mm-hmm. I don't got this shit at my house. I don't got a record player. Mm-hmm. If I, I got to go listen to... I got to go over to Fred's house and listen <laughs> to his parents' uh, record player. And I hate Fred. You know? <laughs> it's like this is my only opportunity to get uh, like some jams in. Yeah. And Chuck Berry's coming through town. And he's got a Friday night. He needs to be able to play songs that the person without knowing them can dance to True. you know yeah. so it's it almost came from the, like the traveling entertainer this mm-hmm. pop music yeah pop music is the result of the traveling entertainer going yeah. around saying i need to dial this shit in yeah because if i'm wanting to get paid i need to make sure they're all dancing Let's and if they're that, dancing the people are happy the problem is i think you know it doesn't matter you, you everything gets turned into a market mm-hmm. you know you it starts out as some fantastic um, artistic uh, vision or whatever, and then somebody says, "Hey, I can make a buck off of this." Yeah. And so you get like these producers that say, "We found this little, this little um, hidden element here, and we can reproduce it over and over and over." And that's and almost the dream, isn't it? It's almost the dream of, of being dream, I guess. of being the little sliver of yeah. like Chuck Berry, like he's just playing his sets, you know. Mm-hmm. And then somebody comes along and says, "Hey, dude." I can take what you're doing right now, you don't change it at all, mm-hmm. and I can make us both millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, as a fan of Chuck Berry, I want him to take that. Yeah, I want him to be like, okay, make millions of dollars, dude. Get the music out to the world. Completely yeah. revolutionize American music forever, mm-hmm. right? It would be like somebody going to Buddy Holly right before he blew up and saying, look, dude, don't don't take the money. Don't be a sellout. You yeah. know, have you ever heard, uh, 
you know, VH1 used to be great. I used to watch VH1 all the time. And I would watch, used to be. I would watch the Behind the Musics. Mm-hmm. I watched a Green Day Behind the Music. And the lead singer, Billy, is his name? I don't remember. Billy Joe? I just remember Dookie. Yeah, Dookie. Um, <laughs> Google, Google his name. Google the lead singer of, uh, of Green Day. But anyway... There's like one ask one part of the V the behind the music mm-hmm. where he's sitting there talking to the camera and he said, I can remember going back to the place I started. Yeah. Like the first punk club I played in. And it was like my home. He mm-hmm. was like, I was a loser at school, I was broke as hell. This was the only place that I Billy fit Joe. in. Mm-hmm. Billy Joe? Billy Joe Armstrong. Yeah, Billy Joe Armstrong. So he was like, This is the only place I ever fit in, mm-hmm. you know? And he was like, we're after hours. He said, Dookie's kind of blowing up. You know, they're kind of becoming a thing. Yeah. Like, they're they're touring the country. Yeah. And he comes to his home, and he goes into the bathroom, and he sees, like, Green, Days are, Green Day are a bunch of sellouts. <laughs> like, they're the losers. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's such a damaging aspect to some of those communities. Yeah. Where it's like, you want people to break out. You want people to to reach for higher yeah. levels, but then as soon as they as soon as they break out for being special, mm-hmm. then you're gonna say, "Oh, they're sellouts, right?" Like almost like it's dirty to to take that chance. You know, that's true. But I mean, you know, I, I still think that that it's possible. That, you know, I I know I always go back to this, but I mean, you can look at David Bowie mm-hmm. and and uh, who I think Queen that was your and, that was your last. Uh, when you got to pick a song to close the show yeah, out. Yeah, absolutely. I think David Bowie was your pick. Oh, yeah, no but, doubt. But continue, Udo, I'm sorry. Kudo Suburbia. Yeah, but you got, so you got these weird dudes. Well, the the thing the thing about it is, is I mean, look how big they were. Oh, yeah. And completely ahead of the curve. And when everybody else was kind of getting to what they were doing, it changed again, you know. In fact, one of the... One of the albums that he got into when he was he was doing kind of like serious Moonlight tour and that he actually worried David Bowie did worried about becoming too popish. He didn't like it. He didn't he didn't want to fall into that rut where everybody else is doing the same thing and he's just and he got right back out of it. You know, started doing something else that felt artistic to him that felt mm-hmm. it was more true to him. And it still on top of the world. I mean, you know. This beloved person. And see that, this is, okay, this is one of my questions. Mm-hmm. Would he have been David Bowie if nobody was paying attention? Well, I mean that. Like he's making the same songs. Yeah. He's dre- dressing goofy. Mm-hmm. He's getting up and doing these amazing shows, right? But only 20 people are showing up to his. That yeah. isn't part of him being David Bowie, the fact that he had millions of people well, that were saying, you're awesome, David. But like you know that. Well, the what I would probably say to that is that I don't think it would have been possible for him to only have a small amount. What he was doing was just so disruptive to the norm. You know, it wouldn't have been possible to to, to not see it. him. Yeah, hmm. because it was such. It was so ceiling breaking. You know, yeah, kind of breaking the mold or whatever. Right. One of those things. That's that's what I would see. But it, but the, but one of my questions would be. Does the fact that there was a huge industry behind David Bowie being David Bowie take a take away part of David Bowie? Like that because there was. There yeah. were people oh, behind yeah. no, him no. that were saying, David Bowie doll, or like, hey, we're we're gonna make we're gonna well, make this money. Thing, though, you know? You know, John Lennon actually came to him and because he was having a problem because one of the biggest things were when producers and those kind of guys would find out, hey, this guy is doing something. 
He's making waves. People are liking him. And they would want to get in there. And for a while, I mean, he was on top of the charts. People were thinking, oh, my God, the world knows him. And he was broke because... Because of his contract was shitty? Yeah, they're just... They're completely... Which that that's kind of one of the things. It's like... If he had had a good contract, he would have been well, making shit Well, that's the thing, money. John. I think it was John Lennon that actually came to him and, and told him how to manage his shit. Manage it, yeah. Prince was another one where Prince. he was like, yeah, he had not going to do this. The artist. Yeah. Formerly known. Formerly known as. <laughs> Formerly known as. <laughs> that, was, that was a weird move. I was like, that's weird to change It's even longer name. than Prince. Yeah. The artist formerly known as Prince. <laughs> like, yeah. well, when you're going to change again. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah. Find a, oh, yeah. By the way, you know, but... Yeah, I mean that that would that was kind of the thing where, you know, a lot of these people that didn't want to be a, you know quote unquote sellout, and they felt like that was where it was going. Literally, were getting rid of the people that were making them a sellout. Right, right. You know, and so, and I think it's kind of yeah. it kind of lends itself to the human spirit where they kept doing what they were doing, and everybody kept liking it, and and it wasn't the same. It wasn't just kind of going down the same rut that everybody was going, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, you can you you can kind of think of that now in today's terms. I think we have a lot less of the um, the really creative, imaginative kind of uh, music going on because right. you can have so many bands that sound the same and and they're completely forgettable. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, the the past like ten twenty years. There, I don't think that there's just humongous standouts anymore. I mean, you can, like you're saying, this one's good to dance to, but you you probably won't remember their name. Mm. You know, that's interesting. You know, you never know which bands are gonna like survive. One that seems like it survived to me is Matchbox Twenty. I still hear the song <laughs> Three A.M. Mm-hmm. That shit pops up, and I'm like, I'm gonna groove this. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm not changing it. You know, like anytime it pops mm-hmm. up, and so that's one of those that. In the moment, somebody might have pointed to and saying, look at how formulaic and this and generated and blah, blah, blah. But then you hear the story behind the song Mm -hmm. and it's like, oh, his mom had cancer and she would scream late into the night. Mm -hmm. So he would be up at 3 a.m. because his mom was yelling. Well, and so then you hear the the story behind exactly the song, right. and you're Just like, like the painting. "That's cool. That's yeah. a lot. It almost oh, deepens the the meaning of the song." Exactly, know? and that that I can go right back to the artificial intelligence. There is none of that. There isn't there isn't a story behind any of that. You can't connect to it. Mm. It's just all of these different images that were squished together as some kind of an average. Right. And there's nothing to connect to. Right. You know, and that, I mean, this entire show, that's, that's why it's called Metallica. It's kind of, people are really, I think, only digging it because, you know, you're kind of into the new and sleek and shiny all the time. And really it's a uh, growing, uh, there's a growing hollowness to it. Um, and that's part of the show is everything is kind of a metallic, um, there's a, a, do you think there's a growing emptiness to it, or do you think it's the same emptiness that's always existed? I mean, I imagine like pharaohs, you know, 4,000 years ago were like, man, there's got to be more to life than just having all this gold shit, you know? <laughs> and somebody's like, yeah, there is, like, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, you got to imagine oh, yeah, there was an always, afterlife to there, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, so, that's true. Well, that's the thing, though. I, I do think that, that it's growing because... 
I mean, you you can look at how far we we've, we've progressed with our own understanding of our world around us. Mm, I guess there's Science. more pharaohs now. Yeah. Like if you think about like me living in Amarillo, Texas now, mm-hmm. and you like transported me at my same level of life back mm-hmm. to Egypt. I would have been like a baller, you know. Oh, like, you got all your teeth? What the hell? You know? Like, wow, you've never broken a bone? Like, oh my gosh. Like you're like a yeah. you know, a commodity. Well you know? that's the thing Bad though, rig- you know, we we start learning about ourselves and and the really I don't know, maybe maybe more the world around us. And as our technology progresses, things aren't as mysterious anymore. You know, we kinda we know what goes on here and there and and um, we know that that the gods are not bringing the stars out at night. Mm-hmm. You know, we we have satellites and, and um, pictures of Mars from from cameras that we've. It is kind of interesting because I've thought about this a lot recently, and I understand that scientific argument for that, mm-hmm. but we still don't know shit. You know, That's like true. I mean, we do. We know like a lot. That's true. But, but it, it certainly it, has has come down. From... It has. It has. But I. <laughs> It's just interesting because I have been, I have like been having this thought. Um, I have been having this thought about because there, there is this certain. I, I'm not necessarily one or the other. I don't think it's like the gods are bringing the stars up from sure. the, you know. Yeah. But the, when you really get to thinking about it and, and you hear the scientific explanation, it's like this shit is really weird. Like there's still a certain amount of like wonderment. Oh, there's to, not to it, and I, I think that that's one of the things I always. I I fear with science with the way that science presents the case is like that we have figured something out. Oh well, no, I'm I'm absolutely with you on that. I I don't think that we know. First of all, the very first steps of anything, you know. I I certainly think that there's a mystery to it, and I I don't think that's ever going to end. I just think that the amount of mystery has kind of come down just a little bit from the uh, really bold, almost magical part of it, mm. you know. Not that there isn't mystery. Certainly not. Um, you know, things are still really weird. You know, we yeah, we don't super. know what's going on. But but it's it seems, and maybe maybe it's just that it seems a little less mystical. All right, we're gonna take another break. Okay, I'm gonna play. Um, actually, so I. Drop the word 3 a.m. So I'm going to play one of Ugly Chulo's songs called 3 a.m. Perfect. Um, It's because it's kind of interesting. I was thinking about this whenever I invited Manny to come co host. Mm -hmm. It's like. Call me an Ugly Chulo. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you're kind of an Ugly Chulo. <laughs> no, um, I think it's supposed to be like endearing, like it's like oh he's so ugly, like oh, thanks, it's like thanks. it's it's an endearing ugly. But um, anyway, if if there's been anybody that I've like consistently been up at three a.m. in the morning with, it would be the guys I work with on the fire department. Like we, anytime I'm up at three a.m., it's because I'm working and we're literally knocking on somebody's door at three in the morning. Yeah, hey. Are you dead in there? You know, like, <laughs> that's our 3 a.m. But anyway, um, sticking in the vein of Amarillo-based artists, mm-hmm. uh, here's 3 a.m. by Ugly Chulo. And that's the, uh, that's the second, that's the second uh, so- sound break. So. Yeah. Can't ever fall out, man. I don't know what the fuck that even feels like, and I don't want to know. 
time to sleep no more. Knock knock in my door, it's 3 a.m. Freaks come out at night, don't let them in. I'm focused on my grind like all the time I live for this. Won't let you blow my higher, slow the fight, don't give them shit. Don't give them shit. Knock knock in my door, it's 3 a.m. Freaks come out at night, don't let them in. I'm focused on my grind like all the time I live for this. Won't let you blow my higher, slow the fight, don't give them shit. Shoot for the roof, my dude. Aiming past the stars to move. Who don't dream of foreign coupe? Who really going and make the move? Tell me what you tryna do. Make this paperwork for you. Building up residuals. Don't get cocky, paying I'm sipping on herbal. I'm puffing on purple. Geeking on my Urkel. Scoop a dime, no smoke. That your eyes don't cross my circle. Adios. Not enough time to do all that we wanna do. Fuck it, I gotta do all that I plan to do. Heavy shit get hectic, cool with the flexing, shit not impressive Fella no mention my name, I don't address it I don't do blocking, I disconnect it Cashing a check, it, knocking at my door It's 3 a.m., don't got no love for them Pull me up, my shit never miss you Shot collar, all I do is this, yeah Do is copy-pasting on my shit Wish you got it like it originated I knock at my door, it's 3 a.m. Come out at night, don't let them in I'm focused on my ground like all the time I live for this Won't let you blow my higher, slow the fight, don't give them shit Knock, knock in my door, it's 3 a.m. Face come out at night, don't let them in I'm focused on my ground like all the time I live for this Won't let you blow my higher, slow the fight, don't give them shit Terminator, Robocop I see you later up in L.A. with the players Behind a hundred haters going pro just like a Laker Don't want nobody favor, take that big ass shit, no chaser Knock knock in my door, it's 3 a.m. 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 Knock in my door, it's 3 a.m. It's come out at night, don't let them in I'm focused on my grind, like all the time All right, we're back. Are we back? Yeah, we're back. We're back from the oh, mute. You didn't tell me you had those. Do you want a beer? I'll be back. All right, May's gonna go grab a beer. <laughs> so that was Ugly Chulo, 3 a.m., knock, knock at my door. Okay, so one of the things I was gonna chit-chat with you about, kind of throw out there just to the general thing was, I wanted to talk a little bit about the Amarillo scene. Okay. Were you set up at the Bad Magic Music Festival? Do you have a booth? Is that oh, right? Yeah. yeah. And were you selling some prints or? Yeah, they... I had prints and I had. Uh... I actually was upset because we got rained out before I got a chance I, to make my rounds. I know. I didn't get to see any other booths. I know because it, it was it was cool though. I mean that was that was really a cool setup, and I mm-hmm. I hated that it got rained mm. out. Yeah, the music I mean, was it's, great. It, you're literally yeah. rolling the dice. I feel yeah. like with because like you could have a day like today in Amarillo where it is like literally beautiful you do like that with it the is alley. a perfect day yeah, yeah the, the I know. very yeah, first you take show a got risk. rained yeah you take a risk yeah ooh that would be bad mm-hmm. yeah it did the, the first time it got rained and I mean I was literally trying to take a, a flat brush and just scoop it out you know down the, we had wood you know sitting down who's this is this me it's you who's it oh you want me to do I'll call him later or you could go talk to him if you want. Well, it just went away. I think you yeah, I clicked it on my computer. 
Oh. Um, it's all connected. <laughs> yeah, I know, dude. I hate it. I my, hate it. My crap is not all I hate everything being linked because it's like, <laughs> what is going on with my life? Everything's linked up. I disconnect everything. Well, because it's me, my wife, and three kids. Or two of my kids have. So I'm like, we, I would get a text and all of them would get a text. Yeah. Oh, Here man. Get text, tablet gets a text, iPhones get a text. Yeah. So everybody's phones are going off all day like, like, I'm oh trying my, my best gosh. not to get completely connected because I need to be able to get away from all of that. space. Yeah. Yeah. Make some work. It is know. interesting. I was thinking about that today. I went on a little run. And I, I only, since my mom gave me this Garmin GPS watch, mm-hmm. and it just does GPS, yeah. you know? It's not a smart watch necessarily. Right. So whenever I go running, I just turn on my watch, and I don't have to... Um, take my phone so mm-hmm. I don't listen to any music so I'm just like running in the blank you know right. and it is it's like really nice I think we often don't realize how like into our phones we are you know I mean I'm very into my phone it's kind of a weird yeah. it's well, a weird it, you obsession. know everybody else is is all connected to it and everybody else does things that you kind of have to be you know? well that goes back to like you know what we were saying earlier like talking to people before now if you want to know something's going on you hop yeah. on your phone. You hop on your that's phone. it. Everybody's on it. You can't really get away from yeah. it. Otherwise, you're not going to be connected and nobody's going to know mm-hmm. about you. Yeah, Even you my kids in high school, kids are just... Yeah. Nobody's well, talking everybody. to class. It's just mm-hmm. eyes down. Yeah, nobody talks in class. They just message each other. Yeah. That's, that's so weird, true. you know? So it's, you're across the class and you're like... <laughs> instead of sitting next to each other. Yeah, each yeah, other. yeah. <laughs> right across the, the classroom. It is, it is kind of weird. It like makes you question what being next to somebody actually is, yeah. you know? We have good family time at the station after dinner. It is kind. Of, it is crazy how many um, how many phone like like you know you walk into the day room or something mm-hmm. and everybody will be looking at their phone. Yeah. You know, it's kind of a weird. Yeah. Which has changed since since we got hired. When we first got hired on, I didn't even have my phone in my pocket, and it was a razor phone. Yeah. Like I didn't even have the internet on it. It's kind of gone quickly. Yeah, you know, it's that, gone real quickly. That progression really. The uptick of it, it really went quick. All right. Sorry. I <laughs> I got off topic. So we were talking about Bad Magic Music Festival, mm-hmm. how it was a pretty cool event, a cool idea. Very. And uh, so I was wanting to kind of talk about the Amarillo scene. Okay. Because we've also got June Jazz going on right now, yep. which is a cool event at Amarillo College. It's free. Mm-hmm. And then Starlight Theater at Sam Houston Park right. uh, goes on. It's free. And it and then uh, first, which got me thinking about First Friday Art Walk, mm-hmm. which is free. Um, there, have you heard of that all that stuff about Sunset Center? Oh yeah, they're. I think they're about to be bulldozed for yeah. the most part. Well, I called. Um, I I called Rachel uh, Flores, who mm-hmm. I've had on the podcast, mm-hmm. and uh, she's one of the directors of the Amarillo Art Institute, yeah. the school. But she's also like ended up being on like she's on the board she's like doing all of this different stuff trying to yeah. and there's so many so many things i actually want to have her on the podcast soon to talk about it because yeah. there is a lot of good. stuff going into that because and and it's interesting because on one ass I, it's just it's a mess yeah. it's a mess it but really they is. are they are exploring different options mm-hmm. on how to uh how to make it make make sense yeah because of the, the tax exemption is kind of you gotta fill me in. I don't know. Exactly it got what really complicated about. there, and I don't. I don't think, you know, a lot of people were kind of hearing different things, and and I mean, it got a lot of people upset. Yeah. Well, the problem is, the IRS came to them, and this is 
I, like a quick conversation with Rachel. I don't mm-hmm. think I'm uh, saying anything crazy, but um, the IRS came to them and basically was going to remove their tax exemption status, mm-hmm. which the foundation, the lady that left the foundation the to Anne Crouch, them, yeah. the Ann Crouch, they would they wouldn't have enough money for the repairs yeah. and all of this different stuff. And they needed and to then, update. Yeah, and then lose it. Dude, she said it would cost $39 million yeah. to update that building. For that and, whole facility? Yeah. For that whole facility. And, they, and that's that's not even making it pretty. And they couldn't get nonprofit status wow. because people were Exactly, making rent. money. People were making money even though the rent wasn't. Making a dent in the costs, you know, so that's crazy. Yeah. yeah, so it's a super, it's a crazy thing, and it's interesting because I actually, it was one of those things. Whenever I first heard that, I almost feel like that's necessary for Amarillo because I, I feel like I want to push those people out mm-hmm. and say, start paving the way for artists in Amarillo. Like yeah. this model is not necessarily working. It, it's it's doing really well in getting more people into the arts. See that that actually brings up a good point because I, I my thing about this with the arts, I mean you, it's kind of, it's kind of two sides of the same coin. But I I prefer having privately funded kind of things like that so that you aren't messing with like the, the Cerulean Gallery yeah. downtown. Yeah, I mean you're that's that says hey, yeah, hey government. You're out. We're we're paying all our yeah. Just stuff. just make it. You know, do your thing. Get together. I mean, this is and this is years ago. I was actually part of Emerald League of Contemporary Artists, and it was uh-huh. just this kind of loosely um, put together group. But I mean, you you the artists get together and they kind of decide, <laughs> sort of in a democratic way, let's do this. Let's figure out how to do it. What are our obstacles, and let's get over it. And you know, bring a show here, let's do this. You incorporate all Yeah, that. and and so you work on this kind of in a more local level rather than having to mess with all of these government um, obstacles and loops right. and drawbacks. And, um, you know, that's that's what I would kind of like to see more of is, is just, um, you know, get together and, and mm-hmm. figure out how to do it yourself. Have you ever been to the first Friday Art Walk, Manny, mm-hmm. turn into Manny? Um, it's actually super cool. It's there's a lot of really good artists there. Oh man, um, there's there are incredible artists in Amarillo. I've yeah. been there for class. I had to go and look at the art and write a paper on it. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and it, and when I went, I was pretty surprised. Like, wow, this and it's varied. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of varied techniques and styles, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know, very cool. Yeah, and it's um, I guess all of that to say that there, there is this like strange, um, economy around art in Amarillo where I don't want to see it become something that has to drive a profit. Exactly. You, you want to keep that, but at the same time, the way that it can be the freest Mm -hmm. form of expression is if it's producing a profit. Yeah. Well, and, and the other thing, I mean, you want the artist to be able to keep doing it. You know, and they have bills to pay and rent. Yeah, and, oh and yeah. Keep the electricity going. Holla. Yeah. I mean, the real world <laughs> right? sucks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no a little injection real quick. We've got <laughs> Panel Primate hats and shirts for sale. <laughs> <laughs> Looking for sponsors. Yeah, holler. I mean, exactly. it is kind of one of those things like time is money. Yeah. And there is a dime. And like, that's uh, one of the interesting things is like, so Manny, how many jobs do you have? That's funny. I have my full-time job and 
Three part-time Three jobs. part-times. Yeah. I have my... Very part-time. Yeah, I have mm-hmm. my full-time job and two part-time jobs, yeah. you know. Yeah. And then so it is kind of like one of those things where somebody comes to Manny and says, Hey, Manny, do you want to do some art? It's almost like, <laughs> what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, I got time to, yeah. to like, center myself and actually, like, work on developing. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just hard. It's very yeah. time-consuming and stuff, you know. Um what was I saying? Oh, but if you know, okay, if I put my time and my effort into this, mm-hmm. there is a there is a path forward for me to develop my skill, trade. It, I can make my time worth it. Even if you're not making a shit ton of money at it. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you say, hey, look, if I develop and I work, maybe I can do this and maybe I can sell three pieces. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that's justifiable. Yeah. at that point of putting in the time the necessary time and effort well and you know i mean that's an aspect of this going back to the theme of the show where they've got you know you have automation and an ai kind of taking over all kinds of aspects not just really horrible jobs that you don't want humans to, to be hurt in but i mean you know just truck driving baristas you know all of the, just everyday kind of things being kind of taken over and um it's no longer a human thing and i think one of the arguments is well you you want humans to have that time to have that um the amount i guess i I don't know why to think i you know i don't know just to sit down and do whatever oh yeah but the other part of that that i think run yeah shit i mean yeah literally it's like hey give give somebody three hours in the middle of the day and say just in this three hours, maybe do some yoga, maybe go well, for a run, you know, that's, you know, I mean, certainly that's, tap some mitts. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's certainly an argument. The thing is, is that when you you have something that's really just taking, I mean, it, they're even trying to, to get rid of lawyers and accountants. Amen and, to that. Yeah. Holy <laughs> shit. Can we, that. You know, can we get lucky enough, right? <laughs> Morality issues. Oh, man. If we could automate that to where you could, like, type in your phone and say, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. What are my possible consequences? (laughs) (laughs) And then, like, your phone's like your lawyer. It's like, look here. You do not want to chat with that. All right. But, I mean, when you you put all of that, you know, into the equation, as it were, and you you kind of pull back out of out of this this one little thing would be cool this little thing right. if you really look at the whole thing i mean you've taken basically the human out of humanity because the other thing that happens with having humans in all of those things is that you're interacting with people mm. and you're you're making your own experience through life and you you know if you're just sitting there or if it's you're kind of like our job like the, the interaction we have with Patience. So this yeah, is what I absolutely. this is what I was gonna say though. This is what I was gonna See? say. One of the interactions that we have is pulling dead bodies out of vehicles. Oh well, that's not gosh. what I was gonna go for, but <laughs> I mean that, right? I mean but that's that's but so yeah. so if you tell me that if we so that's the human interaction. Yeah. When when humans get in vehicles and pilot them, the human interaction is that humans die. Yeah. That there's property damage, there's all these things, right? You mm-hmm. take a Tesla and you take I look this up. See how many people have died in autopilot mode on a Tesla. Mm-hmm. The number is like way safer than humans. Oh, that's so true. like that that's kind of one of the things that I wonder is like on some aspects I understand us fighting for our humanity. Yeah. Because humanity is beautiful. Mm-hmm. But humanity is it's a double edged sword. It's also the most destructive 
a terrible thing that's, that has ever happened it's to It's true, but you I mean, know? here's the other look, let me pose this. I mean, the other part of that is you can't get away from dying. You're going no. to die. So. No, I agree you're going to die. And but, I, but I don't mean that it should be horrible every time. But, I mean, it. you know, I, I think that there is, there is kind of a mode of thinking that you your experiences are going to bring you to some sort of, uh, you know, higher thinking about your own mortality, your own right. purpose, your own meaning. And if, if, you, if you're completely in safe mode all the time, nobody dies from this anymore because of, of AI and automation. Nobody dies from this. Nobody does. So you just sit there and grow old and rot? I no, mean, you die. I mean, like... You just die. The, the thing... And, no, the thing would be this. I mean, it's it's kind of the dro- the growing old and rotting, right? Mm-hmm. That That is a trope that's in our heads sure. that's been put there because we see people get old and mm-hmm. rot. Whenever there are people, like in the blue zones, mm-hmm. there are people who farm and they live their whole life how they want to live it. They yeah. walk up and down the road. They live their life until they're dead, which yeah. is like 107. <laughs> and if you go to some of them and say, hey, like their memory is still there. Their body is yeah. still there. They're still moving around. It's, uh, it is it is a beautiful thing. And mm-hmm. so I think that part of it is the fact that we're looking at it from people who don't necessarily respect life. Yeah, We don't respect life in the same way that like a Native American who spent their whole life on their feet. Very true. You know, yeah. like they respected being on your feet. Yeah. You know, like they respect. And, and then we hop in our vehicles. And what's what's alarming we sit many and myself sit in a vehicle that is substantially larger than most people's vehicles sure. so we see into people's cars this is the the back door that a lot of people don't realize firemen have one yeah. of the one of the reasons that firemen are so weird <laughs> in like uh in like a standout sense right you hear little kids say what do you want to be when you grow up ah oh, firemen you know that's not like a crazy well part of the reason is because we see into people's lives yeah. in a way that nobody else in our society does. Yeah. I look into people's cars. I can see if they're on their phone. I can see within a quick glance what app they're on. Yeah. Oh, they're on Facebook. Oh, they're on Instagram. Oh, they're on True. Twitter. Texting. Right? They are piloting a vehicle mm-hmm. that if it smashes into somebody, it will kill them. Yeah. And they're so bored with the mundane nature of that mm-hmm. that they get on their phone to try to be entertained. Mm-hmm. When it's like, dude, the vast majority of human existence, humans have not been able to travel as fast as we can now travel. Yeah. And we don't even think it's exciting. Mm-hmm. Well, but We don't even pay attention that, though, to that shit. That was kind of introduced, though, because used to, it was. It was an exciting kind of... You did look at You know at what things. one of the first yeah. arguments behind automobiles was? What's that? The men said, well, whenever I get drunk... My car won't be able to take me home like my horse can. <laughs> it was drunk driving. Wow. Those okay. guys would ride to the bar, yeah. the tavern. They'd meet up their buddies. And, and the horse They would the get way. hammered. And then they would get out on their horse. Mm-hmm. And they would their horse would autopilot them safely <laughs> home. Whereas they would then hop into a vehicle yeah. that they have to then control. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't drive home drunk. Mm-hmm. So part of their argument... In the very initial stages of saying this technology is dangerous mm-hmm. and detrimental to our society, yeah, they were saying drunk driving, which is still detrimental to our society, 
right? They were saying, the reason we should stay with horses is because I don't have to drive drunk. My horse is not drunk. My horse walks me home. And it knows this dude's barely holding on because he's hammered. So I'm not going to like run crazy, right? The horse knows you. And so like in the same sense, right? Now imagine, imagine. So up in Colorado, one of the reasons like I try to promote Critical Mass Bomb City and try to promote more bike culture is my kid's number one likelihood of dying before he reaches adulthood. Mm -hmm. Do you know what it is? What's that? It's not cancer. It's not um, a disease. Mm-hmm. It's getting. It's dying in a motor vehicle accident. Mm-hmm. That's his highest likelihood, right? Yeah. So it's like, well, okay, why are we in motor vehicles in Amarillo? Mm-hmm. Could we bike all around Amarillo? Because then my kids' chances of survival go up exponentially. Mm-hmm. I mean, I live a block away and I drove over. I know. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. It's so ingrained in our mind that we hop in our vehicle and we drive somewhere. And why is that? I got we go back to, to the brainwashing thing, mm-hmm. right? I sit in Save front of my TV. I sit in front of my TV, and Chevrolet shows me this badass truck, and I'm just mm-hmm. like, I want to drive that shit. Like it looks so <laughs> nice. It's got leather inside. It's got it's got air conditioning, and it's got these bumping speakers. And, oh, it's so nice. Truck. I want it. I want you know. <laughs> I mean, and and it, I think it. We've designed our world around our world being centered with us, right? Mm-hmm. We're a very consumeristic, individualistic culture. Oh, very and so, true. Yeah. So one of, that's one of the things that I wonder is like, um, uh, I digress off mm-hmm. of Colorado. Mm-hmm. So whenever I went up to Colorado, I went and partied with some of my friends in Winter Park mm-hmm. at the ski resort. Yeah. And we got drunk. Imagine that, you know, <laughs> kids cutting loose. <laughs> And instead of driving back home, mm-hmm. we rode our bikes. Mm-hmm. Well, not really our bikes. We were riding actually a former guest on the podcast. We just saw some outside. Well, his, <laughs> name, his name was Dylan Lamar. Yeah, it was, somebody bring him back. Yeah. It's actually hilarious. He was, he was a previous guest on the podcast, and he's a monster. Like, he's really tall. Mm-hmm. And so Shannon was on one of his bikes with the seat as low as it could go, and she could barely reach the pedals. And then I'm on, his, like, I'm on like his dirt jumper that the seat. Seat, there's no posts on the seat so oh, I'm like sit, I'm like literally sitting with my knees like riding up like this in my head and we're following this guy through the woods on this bike path and he's holding his cell phone off the front of his like bike and so so we're riding behind him Shannon can barely reach the pedals and my knees are up in my face and we're like following this light through the woods on our way home but it was so fun Mm-hmm. I got home and it was like that was a great experience. Yeah. yeah. I could have made the same trip in my vehicle and it would have been mundane, forgettable. Yeah. I would not I wouldn't have even remembered it. it. I wouldn't have thought twice about it, right? You mm-hmm. know? So it's kind of one of those things like I do wonder if we've sped up the pace of life to the point to where we can't enjoy riding a bike across town or yeah. taking your time or walking somewhere or you know like not necessarily being scheduled for something and like so I absolutely agree with that. I would just I would say I would say that there's a point where you can go too far. That's what I would say is that you have you know there's a difference between technology that makes life easier but but you're controlling it. It's like your tool to do whatever kind of like you know there's an argument that uses uh, with the the industrial revolution that came along, but the thing about that was is that it was just tools that humans were still in control of. 
you know, they were still making things, but with different tools that made it safer or faster. The Industrial Revolution but, was know, way more dangerous, though. Remember but, that The Jungle? Was it Sinclair? Uh, look that up, the book The Jungle. By, well, what I'm saying is that, you know, you have things that progressed you. You, did, you made more things, or you did things faster, or you did whatever, but... What you have going on now is different in the fact that the human is being taken out of it. But see, that's that that's one of the things I would wonder is like, what? It says the jungle Amarillo. The jungle of the strip club. <laughs> <laughs> where, where, where are we going with this? No, no, the book, the book, the I jungle by, I think his name was Arthur Th- Sinclair. I think, I think is what his name was. Is that, do you see who is it written by? Like no, that's the jungle, the jungle book. book. No, I think it's called The Jungle yeah. by Ar- Arthur Sinclair. Type mm-hmm. that in. But he like highlighted the early Industrial Revolution, how they were using these children, and these children were getting maimed by the oh, like, yeah. instruments, right? Like, yeah. So now we're able to make a carpet that the average person can now have carpet in their home. Mm-hmm. But the cost of that is ripping off like are like scalping thirteen children. Yeah. Is it worth it? Like now I can I can afford carpet, but we mm-hmm. scalp thirteen children. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, yeah, I'll buy that. You know, like it, <laughs> it's kind of the same thing that happened with the dairy farms recently, mm-hmm. like the Fair Life Dairy Farms mm-hmm. not treating the animals right. Yeah. It's like, um, to a certain extent, I'm okay with suffering. As yeah. long as it provides me this product that well, that I can afford. That's you know? kind of my thing. Is that you know, and you, you, like you said, um, things that are more dangerous. You know, it's it's less dangerous to do what I I would say that you know a certain amount of danger or risk isn't bad. Mm. You know, you you don't want to take absolutely all the risk, all the danger, all the everything because. After a, after a while, what's the point? No, I you know? agree. I agree with you there. I mean, like, one of my my favorite hobbies is rock climbing. Yeah. You know, and I've yeah. seen I've I've actually there's been multiple times where the danger of the of participating mm-hmm. in the thing is not really worth yeah the consequences right sure. like there I've I think I I've told the story on the podcast before where. I was lead climbing this mm-hmm. this route and I missed a bolt and so I'm in a really dangerous scenario and I fell and yeah. that could have been really bad like sure. it could have been I shatter my hip mm-hmm. and my, the rest of my life is now altered off of doing so I am all down oh, with, with risk I'm all down with get up in there and like put your body mm-hmm. put it but r- like riding a bike is pretty mm-hmm. dangerous sure but you're in control of how dangerous it is because right. you're controlling your speed. Yeah. Whereas with a vehicle, you might be doing everything a hundred. Like how many motorcycle accidents do we see where it is not the motorcyclist's fault? Yeah. And they are the one that is like crippled well, sure. for at least five years. But I mean, you know, all all of this that we we're kind of going over is those are very human elements, you know. And I think one of the things that that um is kind of being thought about. And, and I know some of the lead people in this uh, industry, I guess, if you want if you want to call it that, um, are still thinking about is um, this kind of human aspect of there are elements of us, you know, that are 
in play all the time. Uh, and we have even even people's jobs or any give us meaning and purpose. And so if you keep going and keep going and keep going and you keep taking the human part of it out of there where there's no interaction, you know, I mean, think about how how we were even talking about where kids are on their phones in class talking to another kid across the class. You know, there's there's a part of, of humans that are in the interaction. There's a part of humans that are in the danger of just of this being alive. But my question would be, are we not anthropomorphizing what it means to be connected? Because right now I'm saying the way that I was dis- disassociated with another human being, mm-hmm. but still communicating with them whenever I was a child was okay. Mm-hmm. But now that children are being disassociated from other human beings in the way that they're choosing to do it through, like, so for instance, one of my parents when they were in high school, mm-hmm. if you wanted to talk to somebody else while you were at your house, they mm-hmm. had to call you, mm-hmm. right? So this overlapped with me a little bit. Whenever I was pretty young, we had a corded phone. Mm-hmm. And if I was to talk to somebody, I would have to stand there and talk on the phone mm-hmm. with them. You know. Sure. Well, then AOL Instant Messenger came to where I could then chat with yeah. my friends, right? So now this is very different than the experience that my parents had. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm now talking to 30 to 40 friends in less amount of time than it took them to speak to one friend. So in in one aspect, I am more disconnected because now I'm not hearing a voice. But I'm still connecting and communicating with a large amount of people. But are you really? Because part of... We think that as long as you're seeing the words, you're getting the words of something into your mind, that that's enough communication. But there's so many different aspects to communication that... The, the tone of, the tone of your voice, the, if you can hear a giggle at, at the end of something or not. Um, because some things look like, what did you say that for? You know, yeah, that was horrible. This, 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 would, be, this yeah. would be my question. This is my question. <laughs> is how many times have you been in a group message mm-hmm. and somebody drops a meme that mm-hmm. is perfect? And you read, you see that meme, and you're like, yeah. "Yes, I get it." You <laughs> yeah. know, like it's almost it. more it's communication. Imagery. It's almost more but, communication. But the thing is, is that. That happens every once in a while, but we, I think, I think we take for granted how well we put ideas across to each other just in a human context where you can hear the fluctuation of what I'm saying. You can hear uh, a giggle. You can see my face. I can, but the listener know? can't. Why That's is true. why is the listener listening to the podcast when right. they cannot see? Well, they can our still hear your tone. Yeah, you voice. can you can still hear the fluctuation or whether I kind of laugh at something. So, but see, this is my question. This is my question. Then the mathematical equation would be Mm -hmm. the more inputs, the more sensory inputs Mm -hmm. into the goop of brain in our head, Mm -hmm. then the more valid the connection. And I see, I don't necessarily know if it matters. Like if I'm connected to my my computer through a cord or Mm Wi-Fi, right? It's the same connection. Like it's still communicating here's, information here's, across. The way I see it is, my kids don't have the gap. same experience me and my wife had, which and you and your wife, or you know, it's like when I called my wife, her dad answered. So there's a level of fear in me <laughs> when I'd have to call her <laughs> that I would have to overcome. So yeah. there's different life experiences <laughs> that I went through just with just simple human communication <laughs> that kids don't have to deal with, like a confrontation. Like if me and my wife were arguing, we didn't. You do telling me your kids aren't fearful? 
Oh, they're fearful. But that's it's not the thing the is, I think fear will always exist. Like it's there's not the still same. a fear. It's still not the same though. They don't. They don't know how to quite overcome it as early of an age, mm-hmm. as because they can just text. I think here's my bottom line: is why why go ahead and do it? I mean, why are we so? And I say we just as a really general thing, and usually the royal we. Yeah, usually it's more the elite kind of thing that are uh, heading a lot of the progressive kind of things. Why the bourgeoisie, yeah, if you, you will, the very top one percent or whatever mm-hmm. people call. Um, why is it that important to take humans out of it anyway? Why is it that you don't want humans doing it? Because a lot of them, the, I, I, the more they think, well, let's let's have baristas be robots, not humans. Let's have let's have robots and AI drive the cars, not humans. Why are they so? Infatuated with taking humans out of the picture. That's my. Who? The, the, when you say they. The the main producers of the AI, the, the you know the head of the science industries that are putting out these kind of things. There is a certain amount of people because that's that's one of the you want to say beautiful parts of people is that there's huge amounts of uniqueness across the board. So. There's an aspect of, of people. Don't you think that there's a certain amount of it is like the uh, the Nobel Prize? Mm-hmm. You know? You know who I Nobel, think, like what, he, some of that what he invented? You know the first thing he invented? What's that? Nobel. Mm-hmm. Uh, look at look it up. Double check me. I think but I'm pretty sure Nobel it was, has kind of been... It was dynamite. Mm-hmm. Dynamite. That's what he got famous. <laughs> that's what he got famous for. Or that's like what his original, right? Uh-huh. So basically what led to the... Uh, what led to the tools mm-hmm. of World War One mm-hmm. that like ground up everybody, right? It yeah. ground up millions of people into like a, a hamburger meat that ended up being mm-hmm. World War One. You know, but I mean, I think I think intention also intention is important too because I mean you can also say that for the nuclear bomb, right? You know, yeah. The scientists that came up with that were thinking of this Im- massive power supply. But they were they also thinking of making a bomb. Well, the people that they, they the theorists the theorists were saying we can enrich uranium and use it for this. But the whole thing, the only reason that it was getting funded or getting pushed mm-hmm. forward was because we were in a war and we needed to figure out how to blow up more amounts of well, people. Well they, they yeah, eventually they did use it for killing people. But I mean that that initial theory you know, the same with dynamite. Well, I mean so that, that was that's clear, what my question out, that's what my question out, you know, tree stumps. Clearing out things that instead of having guys go in to really dangerous places and go in with pickaxe for, you know, mm-hmm. days at a time mm-hmm. and ruin their lungs, or you had dynamite, you know. I mean, they're, they're, you can see that. You can see good and bad see, and everything. See, I think that's, that's my thing is like when you approach a, a subject like AI mm-hmm. or like self-driving vehicles, there is a double-edged sword. True. Yes, we will not get to get our driver's license when we turn 16 and get all giddy about our first vehicle. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, that 16-year-old will not die pulling out of United. That's right? true. But, I mean, it, it, you know, you can, like I say, you can, go, you can go really far with it because I think we've proven just as humans that we just keep progressing, you know, on and on and on. We don't hit a point and then that's it. So but, I, mean, I, I agree with you that civilization will always be a meat grinder mm-hmm. and we will always be the meat being put into the meat grinder. Sure. <laughs> I mean, that's part of like Pink Floyd's entire yeah. gimmick is that 
everything about us, anything that we do special, if it is truly special, mm-hmm. will be ground up into hamburger meat. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. For the masses. Here's right? the thing. And that's, that's capitalism. Is that, you know, the other thing is, okay, if you put AI into this, whatever specific thing, can you assure me that they won't die in some horrible way? I but mean, I'm not looking for that. No. Because I'm, here's the thing is, I'm fine blowing up people going to Mars. If if you said if you said to me as long if, as they choose to do it yeah, yeah if you sure. said to me hey we're gonna send people to Mars uh-huh. we'll be there about twenty twenty five yeah but we're gonna blow up five thousand people mm. in the process <laughs> so to get ten people to Mars we're gonna blow up five thousand people my first question would be are they willing participants and they say yeah we've got lines around the block they yeah. know their odds and and they're they're yeah. getting on they're getting in the ship right sure. Um, and then I say, okay, we'll do their families know. And they're like, yeah, their families, their families know. They've all, they've all, they've signed, they've signed contracts. Like they know they could be blown up, that there's a really high probability that they'll be blown up. I would say push the button. Yeah. Blow them up. (laughs) You know, I mean, I hate it. I hate it for them. I hate it for their family. All right. What are we waiting for? But you did that for the moon. Well, in Everest, right? How many explorers died trying to get to the top of Everest or trying to get across Antarctica or trying to do all of these great things that humans have done? It's like, I'm down for, I'm down for grinding up humans into hamburger meat. I'm fine (laughs) with it. My only thing is I want them to be conscious of volunteering to be ground up into into hamburger meat. Like, right? right? The 16-year-old who is filled with our nostalgic um, longing for the past is hopping into a vehicle Mm -hmm. when we know, we know all of us have made terrible decisions behind the wheel of an (laughs) automobile, right? Mm -hmm. All of us, our minds instantly go to a spot where it's like, that was a shitty decision Mm -hmm. and I did it knowing it was a shitty decision. But I got out fine, right? There's a percentage of the population that does not get out fine from those shitty decisions. That's true, right? but the, but what you're saying is is you know as long as people know that it's possible to to lose your life, that you know the risk of doing it. Well, but what I'm saying is, a lot of people do not know those consequences when they get into a vehicle. You think a 16 year old doesn't know? I no, they do not know. Honestly, they, they, their brains. Their brains, and that—that's the but beauty. I mean, see, that's the beauty of being sixteen. That's true. I was I mean, an you, idiot until I, I mean, a lot of people until, would argue that I'm still an idiot. Yeah, there's a lot of people who'd argue. <laughs> there's a lot of people that would argue that I'm still an idiot, right? To this day, that I still make terrible life gambling decisions mm-hmm. that are not good for me. So in the what's long the term. cutoff though? What's the cutoff age? What's no, the- I'm saying let's let them make terrible decisions. Okay. I, think- I want them to make terrible decisions. I would just rather lower the consequences, right? Mm-hmm. So I want kids to fight. I want them, to, but I want to lower the consequences. Mm-hmm. I don't want one of them to end up killing the other well, one, or 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 doing something extreme, like right. So jujitsu, mm-hmm. you have the consequence of he got me in an arm bar where he could snap my arm and I tap, so yeah. I lost, right? Right. So there were consequences to our engagement, mm-hmm. but my arm is not broken, right? Right. So that that's what I'm saying. We should do the same thing with vehicles. And I think that automation allows us to continue the same meat grinder pace while grinding up less well, unwilling participants. Here's what I'm saying about it. Is that okay. you, 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 got what, a, you got a statement? I got a statement, but I'm okay. Okay. What I what I'm saying about it is not it, it's the fact that 
It doesn't stay with one thing. You know, if you said, well, I'll tell you what, let's just do this with cars. Just with cars, because, man, uh, you know, that's the thing about this. And that's, that's where the show Metallica is kind of covering this whole thing. We don't stop at that. No, we, and we should. We take people out of their jobs, just accountants. Yeah. What? You know. Accountants should not accountants, be doing their jobs. Accountants, you know, <laughs> well, doctors. I mean, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know how many, how many uh, early diagnosis doctors mm-hmm. miss mm-hmm. because they're so shitty at their job? Not to say that I don't respect the amount mm-hmm. of knowledge and the amount of like, like, I don't, and no, not I to say that. that I disrespect here, who they are as a person, but you got a, you got a machine that can read an x-ray here's up thing. to 98% accurate whenever a doctor is, no, is far that. less than that. You here's know? the thing though, is that humans are not perfect. So if you're going to make something like AI that keeps learning and learning and learning to basically get to perfection, or at least much better than us, you know, you're going to take humans out of everything because humans aren't perfect. So that's what I'm saying is that it doesn't stop. It goes, humans aren't perfect at this, let's replace them with AI. Humans aren't perfect with this or this or this. That doesn't end. Mm. You know, humans are not perfect, so nothing they do is going to be perfect. And so you can you can literally reduce risk. But don't you think that uh, we're imagining like... Uh... You should watch that movie, I Am Mother, on Netflix. Yeah, you've been telling me about that. I haven't watched it yet. But I I wonder, did you have a statement you wanted to throw out there? Well, my statement was was how you're, you you keep talking about the automobile accidents with AI and everything else. Mm -hmm. How much of that is with our jobs where we see it so often? And that's what's... But what I'm talking yeah, about is because those, if you think about the I'm number of about vehicles the, on the road, compared to, excuse the numbers a little bit. Yeah. Like no, vehicles. and I mean, no shitter that like vehicles are way safer today than they were when we got hired on. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you even look at the raw numbers of the people we've been cutting out of vehicles, mm-hmm. it it is greatly reduced, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the thing is what I'm saying is. <clears throat> We are elevating the level of consequence while also elevating the level of convenience. And I think that there is a happy medium where, like with a, with a horse, right, you have to earn it a little bit. You have to be able to climb up onto See, the I'm horse. with you with to, a happy like medium. Ride, you know? I, yeah. I do think that there's – but what I'm saying is, is that I think that there are people that won't stop at the happy medium because it just – you keep that's that's another part of humans. We just keep progressing right. and progressing and progressing, and you don't stop at anything. And we even don't stop when something really bad happens. Well, let's see if we can't fix it and make it work this summer. But well, even I'm, with the, like the, you're you're talking about the AI picture, like uh-huh. how many more people are going to relate to one like the one you were talking about with the girl? Because there's a story behind it, as opposed to something artificial. But there is. But that's the thing. That's what's crazy about it, is the fact that artificial intelligence exists, Mm -hmm. and that we created it tells us something very profound about humanity in itself, right? Do you think artificial intelligence? Like it's the result of a process. Well, you you can you can see certain things in a in a the result of a process. Or this one, one thing that, that has happened, that's that's fine. But I, what I'm trying to do is get back to the very, very core, maybe even the theoretical core of purpose. And, you know, what is the point of taking everything, uh, taking us out of it, replacing us with all of our experience, 
with all of our interactions with each other. Because here's another thing that maybe to think about when you get down to even like hospice, you know, when, oh, when yeah. somebody's and, and yeah, and they aren't doing anything anymore. What, what is, what do you constantly see all the time? You have workers that come in to, to care for them and to not just, not just like change bandages, right? But play checkers to talk to them, to, you know, there's a, there's still a need to interact with human beings. So if you've got, you know, every, everything is going on with AI, you don't have to do anything. Kind of now, that I, one movie, uh, it makes me think of that movie with the robot. Wally, Wally. I, I have yeah, yeah I've had a friend that, that so you need to see Wally. Yes, you know, have you seen Wally? I haven't. I need Wally. to. I really need to. Damn, that that will change your mind. Yeah, that's, on, that's on, what on a lot of things up. because it's so powerful because you start imagining. Mm-hmm. Like that's why I was thinking even as you were saying that, I was thinking like, uh, like does a dog count? Or, or like a, an animal, like a horse, or you know, one of these, well, like one of, a being, a being that interacts with you, mm-hmm. and then changes as it interacts with you more, and mm-hmm. the nicer you are to it, then the more it loves you, right? It's this reciprocating. Well, it's re- kind of like what you were talking about with the fly. You just killed a fly. Yeah, smash that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're thinking about you just. That was a being. That was a right. life. Right. An artificial and intelligence. <laughs> I mean, in a sense, in a sense, right? It's running so a basic what, program. What makes artificial? So what, what makes intelligence artificial? So what I would say, what makes intelligence artificial is that it operates its own developing system beyond what you initially expect it to do. Okay. So, for instance, like my child. Mm-hmm. He counts as an artificial intelligence. He is an intelligence <laughs> okay. that I can guide him, uh-huh. but he is going to do what he wants to do, mm-hmm. right? It's an artificial intelligence. I'm an intelligence, and to me, that is artificial. That is a secondary intelligence, okay. form of intelligence. So, for instance, like a sprinkler system, right? Mm-hmm. There is a dumb sprinkler system where mm-hmm. I walk out and I turn a valve. Mm-hmm. And then the system operates, right? Mm-hmm. It, it pops up the sprinkler heads and it waters the yard, right? Right. Then there is an artificial intelligent mm-hmm. sprinkler system that takes into account the weather. Yeah. It takes in different inputs. It says, okay, we've had a quarter of an inch of rain today. I don't need to water today, right? Mm-hmm. It's making an independent decision based not out of parameters that I've given it, mm-hmm. but it does not require me to turn on the water. It's an artificial system, okay. you know? And so an artificial intelligence then runs the system without you having to initiate the system running. Right. And so, for instance, a vehicle, if I get into a vehicle and I can just say, vehicle, take me to work. Mm-hmm. And then I can sit back and my vehicle takes me all the way to work. Mm-hmm. Whether it is a horse that I'm sitting on mm-hmm. or a pod that flies there, which would be more rad, you know, or a rocket ship or something. <laughs> if if that is an artificial system, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know exactly. Because to me, the only way it wouldn't be artificial is if I took myself there. If I wrote, if I rode a bike, right? I, I'm on a bike and it's a manually powered system that right. takes me there, right? It's... We like to we like to say okay like my power steering right now mm-hmm. in my car right it it 
makes the wheels turn easier. Mm-hmm. So I, it, it's a machine that amplifies my motion, mm-hmm. right? It's a good thing. True. But what, what I'm, I think what I'm trying to get at is a higher purpose in things. You can say that we are a design. I totally believe that. We are a definite design. We are, you know, most of us have <laughs> a specific kind of design that we keep. There's a cycle where it keeps going mm-hmm. on. Every time we make somebody... There's this design mm-hmm. that comes you know, into play. but So you can have a design. You can certainly have a design mm-hmm. that has a specific thing that it constantly does. But what about the higher purpose of that design existing? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you don't need, you don't need a, a watering system that turns on whenever. You can go out there and do it with a hose. You oh, can yeah, wait yeah. for the rain. So, what is the higher purpose, is what I'm saying. Mm, aesthetics, right? <laughs> like, the reason yeah. I water my yard is aesthetically it's pleasing to yeah. my neighbors. Sure. Like, it's kind of a weird... Like, I wonder... That, sure, that kind of goes back I, to the Gramsci question of like... Do I go to a, a hospice I, and play checkers with somebody because it's aesthetically pleasing? I mean, that would be a... That Ooh, would that's, be, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't know exactly. Well, and I, I, I'm not, I'm not a fatalist in the sense that I yeah, believe no, that I, we should actually be living in an artificial reality. Place everybody, you know? yeah. I think that there is something that we add significant in, but I think a lot of times we think it's the maybe the dis- the disaster mm-hmm. that is beautiful, and I don't know if the disaster. It's almost romanticized, like war. That's you know, true. like the disaster mm-hmm. is. Is like somehow like oh this gives us meaning right the disaster of it gives us meaning it's like uh, I don't know it's kind of an interesting uh, in a lot of ways that's Amarillo that's the that's and it could the be Western, the key to, to, so that you don't Western slip expansion. into nihilism that you find some right. kind of Purpose beauty in and it yeah beauty and you know, yeah and redeem, redeeming factor maybe that's it yeah and I I mean I I think that may be kind of the the depth the first or maybe last step, I don't know, but is, um, you know, what's beyond this and why are we doing it in the first place? Mm. Why is it important? And so, so something obviously says it's important if some people are going, hey, hey, wait a minute, what what's going on? Why are you replacing all of this experience? Why, why is it not valuable enough to keep people doing it, even mm. though we're imperfect? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, why is it more important to just have a perfect thing with people kind of turning into jelly, you yeah. know, and, oh, and just yeah. rotting away? You definitely need to watch Wally. Yeah, like that. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I, you're the second person. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, I think I gotta, Manny, I think I Manny brought up Wally. Did you yeah. bring up Wally? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, I, definitely. I absolutely like, have you'll to do love it. the shit out of that. <laughs> Great movie. Oh, it's a great movie, but it's yeah. definitely very like perfect. It's got. A, it's got a purpose. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Some human thought. Hey, this is a story that needs to be told. Oh yeah. Oh, it's a it's a great story yeah. too. The as far as like the artwork, I was I was in your kitchen mm. and I saw the Snoopy calendar. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it made me think like I loved growing up and the artwork of just cartoons. Yeah. Oh yeah. That nostalgic feeling like cartoons nowadays yeah. they're all animated from computers and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like just looking at the. It's one of my first ones was that, um, with comic books, you know, and yeah, um, the artwork and comics. Yeah, books. and even my little brother, uh, still to this day, but uh, he was really into the 
Dungeons and Dragons and anybody would show me these books. You know, he's Rich, you need to you need to send some of this in. I think you should really do because mm. part of it was the really incredible artwork that was in these books. You know, and it was complete. You know, not the the make believe. You can you can do what you want with that, but the the technicians that did these pieces in Dungeons and Dragon books were fantastic, mm. and that was that was something you know that like you're saying. The, the books like that, the, um, I kind of sort of wanted to be a comic book, you know, just because there's something behind it. It was right. It was really imaginative, and it was mm-hmm. from from the human brain. The, inspired. You know, yeah, inspired. That's Ooh, inspired. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll end on that. Maybe we'll end on that word. Okay, quick story. Mm-hmm. Our quick uh, question, and then mm-hmm. we'll, we'll finish this thing up. Okay. So the number one wind experience. Uh, this is goes out to both of y'all. So okay. the one that I wrote off was uh, we were working the day of like the epic uh, windstorm, like sustained <laughs> 80 mile an hour winds, and my trampoline was in my power lines, like down the street. Oh my like God. it was it was yeah. wild. It was wild. It was yeah. a, it was a form of power. But I was thinking, I was like trying to think, like what is a good question to ask them that would be off the wall but very pertinent. Yeah. So what would do you have like a, a fun wind uh, wind storm or just windy day memory? Well, I do. I mean, I, I'm sure I can bring one up for. I mean, I, I do love to chase storms anyway. So oh, nice. I I like <laughs> when they turn into tornadoes. Those are that's pretty pretty good one. And um, so if if I can just uh, make the wind into a very specific tunnel. Oh. When I was uh, I think I was probably like 17, 18, and I used to before I got my fantastic camera that I have now you know I used to use the uh, the little throwaway disposable cameras uh-huh. and <laughs> you know trying to do storms with that and what was funny was I only had one with me you know and I think they were like five bucks to get them mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. whatever and so I was out and I was trying to take pictures because I was thinking that it was going to happen and I had one shot left and I went down to the end of our street which was a dead end and then it's just nothing but field and I was standing there I was kind of messing with it and I looked up and this tornado just dropped one shot left and I got it nice camera. so yeah so that was a pretty cool and All I still right. have the picture yeah nice yeah. good one so Mandy awesome. you got one that's a good one well <laughs> if she's gonna talk about tornadoes I want to talk about tornadoes. <laughs> <laughs> I was I'd always stay at my mom and dad's house uh, when I was working at the Walmart distribution in Plainview just because I I'd have to get up. I'd have to be at work like three in the morning, which I got out early enough to come home. But I'd be so tired after work, I would just mm. stay with my parents, Tulia. And so I'd stay with my mom and dad in Tulia. And it was the time we had Tulia. That tornado went through Tulia on the old two eighty seven. Yeah. And it tore yeah. up that uh, west side of the highway, like all the business and everything over there. Mm-hmm. Well, years ago, my uh, my uncles and my dad and all them, my grandpa, they they dug out a big hole and built a cellar for for. Right. And I remember everybody getting it, because it was crazy, because it was like windy, obviously, tornado. Yeah. But all of a sudden, it was like really windy. It was like, ooh, this is different. <laughs> and it's like pitch black. It is dark outside. And, I was, and I'm the last one to get in. I was like, hey, I don't see anything. <laughs> and all of a sudden, that wind grabs that cellar door, which, you know, constructed by hey. my family. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that thing had like rusted old nails in it. Slings up, and I'm like, oh shit! And the next thing you know, it comes back down, and wham! Oh, oh on your mom's ow. head, on my head, oh, on your- <laughs> <laughs> slams on the top of my head. I'm like, okay, time to go in. 
I get in and I'm like bleeding over my head because I'm like, oh, oh. damn, these rusty ass nails. Like, I better go get a shot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we're just chilling, like, oh, do, 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 do. <laughs> waiting for Tornado the, did nothing boom. to you. It was, just the, it was the cellar door that did it. Yeah, the wind and something like, bam. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great way. Yeah. Go ahead. No, yeah, that's, that's it, man. We that's come a great way to end it. Realize that a tornado hit after that, so. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. Um, so I'll let Rachel, I'll let you pick a closing out song. What song oh. would you like to close out the podcast with? I think it, this one, of course, I'm, I'm going to stick with David Bowie. I think. Okay, David Bowie again. But uh, Yeah, but I, I think this is a great one because it... Um, uh, he was kind of in this. Well, he always was, but he was he was kind of in an era of um, thinking about the value of people. So I think black tie, white noise is a great one. Too. Black tie, white noise. Yeah. All right. And I think he did that with "I'll Be Sure" too. Black tie, white noise. All right. Well, that's what y'all are about to hear, listeners. Um, thank you all for listening. Uh, thank you for being a great sport about my first co-hosted no, show. No, it was fantastic. Yeah, I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. It was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that was great. It seemed like it added a good uh, dynamic. Yeah. So, Because you've been on the show very before. Very human. Yeah, yeah. It's very human. <laughs> yes. We added... <laughs> good thing we didn't invite Romero. You're out, robot. You're out. All right. We're keeping it completely human up in here, up on the Panhale Primate Podcast. So, But this is David Bowie. The Black Tie, White Noise uh, is the song. And hopefully you all enjoyed. And be sure to check out the Back Alley Galleries June 29th at, what was the location again? First in Taylor Overstreet. First Overpass. in Taylor Overpass. About 7.30. 7.30. Check it out. Event is on Facebook. I'm no sure. No <laughs> All right. Uh, thank y'all for tuning in, and until next time, peace out. Hello.
I wonder why 